Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 18th episode of Obscure Image Podcast with your host, Make Love, where I interview underground artists, gamers, YouTubers, inventors, and anything in between. Today, I have a really, really cool episode for y'all today, man. Uh, I found out about this person maybe late to early, maybe late 2021, early 2022, around that time. Uh, this person is super just fucking killing it right now. He's really just making moves right now in the scene. And I'm happy that I'm able to document this. Happy that he's, you know, giving me a chance to interview him. I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to smaller interviews, they want, they don't want to give him a chance. So I really, really appreciate that. Uh, but without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Yes, sir. What's good, bro? My name is Young MC. People call me MC. I'm an artist, so I do everything. I make music. I have a clothing brand. I do everything artistic, expression-wise, and I am from Colorado. Okay, okay, let's get it, let's get it. So I remember, to start off this interview, I, I want to say that uh, MC had tagged me, like, in a story announcing that he's doing an interview with me, right? And I kind of want to know, what was the backstory behind, because you used, like, the background. It was, like, a kid with, like, a like a, I guess a bloody mouth and shit. I want to know, what was the backstory behind that picture? Yo, that's funny uh -huh. as hell. So I just made my new snippet today, and I have a, a, a song. It's called, I'm probably, uh, what's, what the fuck is it called? I'm probably deranged. Um, and, like, in the snippet, I, like, I used that picture to represent, like, a nigga in a mosh pit. Like, I literally just looked up mosh pit injuries type shit. And then my nigga, that was the first one. So I was like, bro, let's announce this this uh this podcast for and this, you know what I'm saying, this expression. And I just bro, I just used that picture because it looked cool, bro. Like there literally was no like deep meaning behind it, but it, it was it was raw. Wait, so you don't know that nigga? Hell no, bro. I just looked up Mosh Pit injury, dog. Bro, <laughs> I thought you knew that. I thought that was like an in-person type picture, bro. That would be a legendary nigga backstory. <laughs> That's crazy. So before I get into your music, I want to know like how, cause I know you're in school. How's school going? Bro, school is divine. I've I've low key never been the type of nigga that was like, oh, I don't like school. I don't, you know, what I'm saying I was low key never that type of nigga. I feel like I live in an environment in which I thrive the best being around other people. So just being like, obviously, the content of school is not something I really align with like, as far as like mathematics and you know, what I'm saying all that shit that don't really matter to me. But like, as far as like, like seeing people and growing as like a, you know, what I'm saying like, like growing as a fucking collective, like I, I love that shit. So, I, bro, I love school, bro. It's going good. Okay, yeah. Because the next question I was gonna ask you is like, um, are you enjoying school? Or are you like waiting for it to be over, type of shit? Because I know that's how I was when I was in school. You was waiting for it to be over, or you was enjoying it? I was waiting for it to be over. <laughs> you said I'm not fucking with this shit. Yeah, bro, I am definitely, like, I'm on the fence. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm on my senior year, so it's, like, I really like the school environment because of the shit I said before. It's, like, a, um, you know what I'm saying? I just I just thrive better being around, like, like niggas my age and shit. Like, where I live, there's nobody my age. It's just a, a lot of, like, old people. But on the same other end of the, uh, the shit, it's, like, school takes up so much of my time. So, like, that's time I could have been using, like, creating the next breakthrough album the next breakthrough like piece of art like you know what i'm saying it takes away a little bit of uh, uh from my expression so like a little part of me is also excited to like graduate and move on from that shit so i could really just 100 percent like focus on this shit i've had people that have like hit me up for tours and like um like niggas that want to book me for venues and i'm like damn i can't because i got school that day and it's like 
yeah, so it's it, I'm a little bit on the fence, like 50-50. Okay. What's the plan looking like after high school? Hey, bro, like right now, right now, like, bro, August, I plan on moving out and I plan on living with other creatives. So other people that are, you know what I'm saying, artists, whether they make music, whether they're a chef, whether they're a podcast nigga like you, whether they make tattoos, just anything art-wise, I want to move in with a, like the collective of people that create and we just thrive from there. We literally just bounce off each other's energy, you know what I'm saying, and just grow together and and, and make it, my nigga. That's, that's like the whole plan, yeah, August. Okay, so is there going to be like a name to this household or? Uh, Nothing so far. There's like a, a group of me and my homies, um, Anari, YBP, um, Tutu Tensei, um, Ken Sanity, uh, Knock. It's, it's a group of uh, me and my friends. And we're not like an official collective, but like we used to hang out all the time. And like what we would call our little hangouts was CHSVs. And it sounds like funny as shit, but it just means chill home studio vibes. Like we would literally just all meet up at, let's say, Dodie's house, my nigga Young Dodie. We'd all be like, let's meet up at Dodie's house and make music and just fucking like play games and have fun. So that it's, it's that collective group of people that we used to do that shit like all the time in, in school we're just planning on moving that outside and evolving it to like a household in which we're creating and like you know what i'm saying being productive and, and growing okay that's fire have you been in any collectives like at all or uh yes so i used to run a collective um called mosh pit and it was me not kill switch and kells um there was another member but there was some drama in there that happened and he ended up dipping but yeah, I was like the the like the creator of a collective called Mosh Pit, and now it's more of just like an artistic brand. Um, I like my clothing brand is called Mosh Pit. Like just everything I do with like anything other than music, I refer to it under like my Mosh Pit brand. But yeah, the collective just died down just because of like you know people's priorities changing and and shit like that. But we're still like all good friends. Okay, so have you always been big into clothing or? Bro, like, yes. <laughs> I, bro, I'm really into everything artistic. Everything. Like, anything that you could think of, I can add an artistic twist to it, and it, it, it'll make me, like, in love with it. Like, reading a book can be, like, a work of art. Fucking drawing, obviously, painting, making clothes. Like, creation as a whole, I've just been interested in, like, my whole life. Like, as a child, just creating shit made me feel uh, Plutonia or just, like, peak joy like I, I i just love that shit like since the little kid yeah yeah uh i feel like i don't know i don't know the older i get the more i kind of look at like us being humans is like you know how do i put it we're um i kind of want to say meant to create because we make life you know what i'm saying like literally you make life so that's interesting that you look at it that way Hmm. i really think like everything is based off creation i was just on ig live the other day and i was telling like my viewers i was like yo there's like four obviously there's a lot more but there's four key principles to like this life shit one of them being um human bonds very fucking important human bonds second one is love so love for yourself love for your peers all that good shit the third one i had was creation that's why i brought it up um just creating shit whether it be you know what I'm saying? Imagine it's like imaginary worlds. You're making children. You're making art, books, whatever you're making. Just creating shit is hella important. And then the fourth one I had on like, you know what I'm saying? Valuable life shit is evolution. So just always constantly being like, yo, let me be better than the nigga I was yesterday. Like those are my four principles, bro. Like human bonds, love, um, creation, and evolution. Yeah. 
So how did you come across those four principles? Just like over just, just living life, bro. Like I went through a lot of phases in my life where like, you know, first I was a religious nigga. Then I was a spirituality nigga. Then I was like a, you know what I'm saying? A, uh, what do they call that? Conspiracy theory, yeah, nigga. And I kind of just realized like, you know, there was a point in my, in my life where I really wanted money. There was a point in my life where I really wanted females and just living through all of that life experience has allowed me to ultimately step back and be like, yo, as cool as some of these things are, ultimately at the end of the day, life is more simple than niggas like, the niggas will like grasp, you feel me? Like it's not about going to get the money. It's not about going to get this and, and chasing this and working. And it's not about none of that, my nigga. The four main principles, as long as you had those, you could be like, you could live your life like fulfilled. You could be a billionaire ass nigga, but you don't have the love. A billionaire ass nigga, but you don't have human bonds. So you're lonely. You don't have the creation or the evolution mindset. So you're stagnant. You don't have any purpose or value. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you could also be a homeless nigga and you have all four of those and your life could be better than a billionaire's life. You feel me? Like that just learning over life experiences that those four simple things is like really the root of all of this shit. Like, yeah, just life experiences, bro. That's interesting. It reminded me of this book uh, that I read not too long ago called The Four Agreements. And it's like, it doesn't have any of those principles you just named. It's more mm-hmm. so like one of the principles are, um, or one of the agreements is, uh, don't take anything personally type of thing because it may be a projection from somebody else. So I say that to ask, have you ever thought of writing a book about your four principles? Hmm. I definitely would not be, um, I would not deny that. Like, like if that right now, I'm not in the position to just because of school and you know what I'm saying? My priorities are music, but I definitely feel like in the future when my, when my career has reached like a point to where, I can kind of chill a little more then hell yeah, bro. Writing a book would be like divine as fuck. And I definitely agree with what you were saying about like the, um, you know what I'm saying? Don't take nothing too serious. Cause everything is projections. Everyone is basing like everyone's reactions are all just based off of like survival instincts, past traumas, all that shit. So they, yeah, you're bro. That's some wild shit. I'm going I'm to send you that book, bro. It's a really, really good book. It's an amazing book. Um, I that, bro. thank you. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get into how'd you come up with your name? Oh uh, yeah, so like, hold up, just give me some water. Um, so I came across my name because uh, I was a YouTuber in fourth grade. Like, I, I'm telling you, bro, as like a a child, I always wanted that creative, like creative shit. I liked to create shit. So I was a YouTube nigga in fourth grade. I had a YouTube channel where I made like gaming videos and just skits and all types of shit. And my YouTube alias was Moses ATMC which is like pronounced Moses at MC on that YouTube channel. I wasn't big or anything. I had like 500 subscribers, 400 subscribers, some shit. Niggas on there would call me MC. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just kind of adopted myself to that name on my YouTube channel. But then one point, like during my YouTube phase, I was like making diss tracks on niggas. Cause I was, you know what I'm saying? Like just trying to chase like the YouTube bag and the YouTube grind. And I was like, bro, for these diss tracks, like it'd be funny as shit if I made like a rap name for it. You feel me? So MC, but then, like, what, what else can I incorporate with that? And I remember I was a big fan of Maddox at the time. Um, he's another, like, talented-ass artist. And his Instagram handle was YBN Maddox at the time. I remember it. And I seen his name, and I was like, yo, that's some abstract shit. Like, it means, like, young Maddox. It was, like, some abstract shit. I was like, boom, I'm going to take a little bit of that. I'm going to add it to the MC. I'm going to make it YVNG MC. 
And ultimately what it means to me now is just young making change. Like I'm a young nigga making change. And that's what I also want to push onto like my audience. Okay. So what made you like stop uploading YouTube videos? Mm. The thing that is, is, I appreciate you uh, for saying that. Um, the thing that made me stop uploading YouTube videos, it, I didn't like die down a passion from it or nothing. Like, it's just I started making these diss tracks, bro. Like, I was a clown in niggas. I was going crazy. And people were commenting and like reacting to my shit and being like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? You could actually take this shit serious. Like, your music is good. Like, you should actually like double down on it. And I believed it. So I was like, yo, what if I kind of shift my attention away from the YouTube? And, and kind of like put my own to this music shit because it started to get more fun to me than the YouTube. Um, so I just, you know what I'm saying, died down a little bit on that. But I definitely have goals of starting up a new YouTube soon and like making, uh, you know what I'm saying, artistic videos regarding like how to heal from your traumas and how to evolve and like shit like that. Okay, that's cool. So who, who did you make a diss track on, bro? <laughs> Yo... I never made a diss track on no, like, big niggas. Like, well, actually, I'm definitely tweaking. I was, like, a little nigga, bro. I was, like, sixth grade or some shit. Sixth and seventh grade. <laughs> making diss tracks on niggas like Jake Paul, fucking Bad Baby, all them niggas. And then I, I would diss. The, the main thing that got me, like, started with the rap shit is I was dissing niggas at my school. Like, if a nigga talked shit or if a nigga was, like, just acting funny or weird, I was like, yo, let me diss him. And it, it was low-key OD, like... Bro, the diss tracks themselves were ass, um, but people like supported it. I don't know why people were just like, "Yo, you sh you could like really go far with this." And I I just saw the vision. I wasn't fucking with the mentality of me like belittling other niggas for my ego. I don't do that anymore. But like that was a good starting point. I was literally just dissing niggas at school and just practicing from there, bro. Yeah, that is wild. That's crazy. That's lit though. So. When, because you were also saying that you want to start up a YouTube channel that's more so basically like self help. When do you plan on doing that? Yeah, so I just got into like, I'm trying to get into like new side hustles to make extra money because I I have a job now, but I like I'm not with it anymore. Like I don't I don't like working for somebody else. So I'm trying to get some side hustles right now so I can like get money and invest in a camera or like a new phone to where I can make that content or not that content, fuck content, nigga, that art on. And once I get that, it's ups. Like I can edit on CapCut. Like I could, I'm really like, I'm I'm natural with the YouTube shit. Obviously I don't want to sound like an egotistical dickhead, but like it's going to come fast. So like honestly expect it within the next like three months. Okay. That's crazy that you say like, uh, cause I was the same way. I was like, when I was like 16, I loved working. I used to work at uh, basically this church and I would like, I ain't gonna lie. I would basically like, help old people cross the street type shit when I was 16 because it was like the traffic was crazy. You feel me? And I loved working. I love, you know what I'm saying? Getting that money. But then I got older and I was like, damn, like I can't, I can't do this. Like this shit is, I don't know. Like I can, but it's like, I don't want to do this shit. So how did you come across that? Um, basically that epiphany. How did you come across that? Mm, perfect. Beautiful. So I want to, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to you for like doing that church shit, my nigga. Like you said that, that was some honorable nigga shit. Like, like most people for they for their first job, they working at fast food, whatever, whatever. Not to diss them niggas, but it's just interesting and it's divine to me that you started off in a field of like honorable shit. But yeah, so I do something similar to that. I work at a spa and like I was the same way, 16. I started like the spa. It's like a spirituality spa. So we would help niggas with their mind and their emotions and shit like that. 
but I realized I came to that epiphany over time because I was just like, bro, like, I don't know. I work at a spirituality spa in which they promote buying your way into healing, if that makes sense. And I'm, that's not that's just not something I'm really into. Like, I don't believe you should pay $50 for a nigga to tell you, you know what I'm saying, to heal this. I don't believe you should, you know what I'm saying? Anything that costs money, I feel like, isn't necessary towards your growth and healing process. I really think it all starts within you. So, like, I just had that epiphany. I was like, damn, like, I'm really not fucking with this vision. So now I'm just working there just for the bag now. And, like, I'm just going to utilize all that money I can from there to fund my dream so that I can, you know what I'm saying, respectfully leave that place and just pursue art and really, like, change the world, like, without selling them some shit, without selling them a product or nothing like that. How did you come across that spa? Uh, man, that's crazy. So um, it's a sensory deprivation spa. So I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with, like, what sensory deprivation is? Sensory deprivation? Does that mean, like, honestly, I ain't even going to try to guess. No, I don't know. So sensory deprivation is essentially, like, you you lay in a pod of, like, water and hella Epsom salt. And in that pod, it's, like, noise-proof. There's no light in there. And the water is made up to your body temperature. Now, there's hella Epsom salt in there. So while you're in there, you're floating on the top of the water in that dark uh, silent ass pod. So the whole goal of it is to like deprive your body of senses to induce like a deep state of meditation and like, you know what I'm saying, to heal, like essentially. Um and I, you know what I'm saying, I was just looking for different ways to like heal and shit when I was 16 and I came across that sensory deprivation spa and I was like, boom, let me go into it for my 16th birthday. My mom paid for it. We got in there. I did my first little experience and it was it was tight. And after that I was like, you know what I'm saying, I'm 16 now. I, I just turned 16. It was my 16th birthday. I was like, bro, I need to work somehow. And I was originally going to work at a Walmart. But my mom was like, yo, I know you're into, like, the meditation and all this shit like that. So, like, you should really just apply at the spa. And I was like, you know what? That could be chill. And actually, yeah, I became, like, the first official employee at that spa. And I've literally been there for, like, two like two years. Oh, wow. That's lit. What the hell? <laughs> Type shit, bro. Random ass backstory, yeah. How'd you come across, um, like, how'd you start making music? And just off the the diss track shit, bro, like, it eventually just evolved from me making disses. Once again, I, I started to realize that what I was doing was dishonorable. And I lived by, like, that death before dishonor shit. So I was like, yo, instead of dissing niggas for, for monetary gain, for clout, for, for profit, all that dumb shit, let me, like, create some shit. So my music is still, it, I wasn't dissing niggas, but I started, like, making the same ignorant shit. Like, oh, I got money, I got hoes, I'm dipping this, I'm doing that. It started off like that, and it slowly just grew over time. One of the biggest things that, like, shifted my music, bro, was X passing. Because X is my favorite artist, and he literally passed away on my birthday. So, like, it, like when he passed away, it shifted my music entirely from just being pure ignorant shit to kind of evolving into, like, just pure expression. Like, if I want to sing, I'm going to sing. If I want to scream, I'm going to do that. Like, it just... Yeah, it started from the diss tracks and it's just evolved from there. Like, it's something I fell in love with. I love making music. So as a kid, before the diss tracks, did you think you'd be making music? Uh, Definitely not. I had, like, my big dreams on being a YouTuber. Um, But there was, like, I have, like, very vivid memories because my, my, uh, my stepdad had a radio in our house. And, like, I remember having vivid memories of maybe, like, eight or, or like six or something years old of me laying by that radio and i'd listen to songs on the radio 
and there'd be songs that was fire and there'd also be songs i was like yo this shit is why like this shit is mid so what i would do is i would like make a parody in my head of that song because i was like yo this song is ass when i'm gonna make it sound better like i was like i was just remaking music from a, from like a child but i never had like an actual vision like damn like i can make music one day until the diss tracks damn this this question isn't on the list but uh does your stepdad still have that radio uh, I'm not in contact with my stepdad no more, so I, I low-key have no idea, but that would be some legendary shit. Okay, that's interesting. Damn. So do you know what made you want to lay by the uh, radio and listen to it? Ah, dude. So, like, without saying too much, okay. family was always just struggling with, like, money and, and finance and just, like, stress and just... It, it, we was just always struggling overall. Um, like for example, like all three of my years of middle school, I was like homeless. Like we was how, uh, uh, like my whole family was like couch hopping and all types of shit. So like, we've just always been struggling with money and like me being a little nigga, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have, obviously I didn't have a phone cause I was a little nigga. So like when I was bored in my spare time after school, you know what I'm saying? I still was in a position where I didn't live around niggas my age. It was just like, it was just us. So I would just listen to music cause I love, love, love music. But like I said, there was those songs that I wasn't fucking with. And I'd be like, you know what? Let me like remake this in my head. And I was I was in there singing like a little nigga, bro. I was, yeah, that shit was funny as hell. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. It's it's totally fine, bro. Like that's that's all part of like the growth, the growth process. It's like the it's it's beautiful struggle. Like there's a lot of beauty in the struggle. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because um you know, I was uh talking one of my other interviews, I was talking to Kiltak and we were kind of talking about that and how, you know, he doesn't regret, you know, anything that he went through either. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, it's kind of, I personally feel like nobody should have to go through like almost homelessness. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's too much fucking money for people to be homeless. Like it's, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way, kind of. That's why I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, that. that shit is sad. And I appreciate your remorse for that, bro. Like you being, you being an honorable nigga for like showing empathy for that. So W man's. Oh man, what do you like the most about making music? Mm, I just like creative expression, bro. So like, I make a lot of like lit hype nigga music, right? <laughs> Instead of me when I'm upset or mad, going out to beat a nigga ass or sliding on a nigga, doing some dumb shit that could harm them, harm their families, or harm my life. Like at ultimately at the end. It's like, instead of doing that, let me express it through music and have other niggas feel that same feeling that I was feeling. So it's like a, it's like a, a karmic cycle. It's like a process. So it's like I restricted myself from doing dumb shit and just making art. And now when niggas are feeling the same way I did, they're feeling as mad as I did. They're going to listen to my song instead of going to do that dumb shit. They can now express what they want to in doing that dumb shit, but instead doing it in like a productive way and just listening to my song. So honestly, just creative expression and just keeping me, keeping me and uh, the people I love, like my community, just out of trouble and shit. And that's interesting. Oh, nobody's never, <laughs> nobody's never answered that question that way. What was uh, bef- after you? How to put it? After, after, after the diss tracks, when you started taking music more seriously, would you? I think that was about four years ago, right? Or how long yeah. ago was that? I was making diss tracks uh, sixth and seventh grade, so that's probably like six, five years ago. 
And it's safe to say you started taking it seriously four years ago? Uh, yes, 20, 2019, roughly, yeah. Okay, so do you think that four years ago, do you think your music received a more positive or negative response? Mm, let me think of myself in 2019. I would definitely say, like, I... I would be I'd be lying if I said I received negative response at that time because 2019 is when I like really started taking my shit serious and one of my biggest songs out right now is called Feeling Like Itachi. That's one of my songs that blew up on TikTok as well and I made that in 2019. So like honestly, at that time I I was like still receiving a lot of support, but instead of it being like on the internet, it was more so just people at my school because I didn't have the capacity of knowing like, oh I need to market on IG or. Um, you know what I'm saying like TikTok and shit like that so just it was local but I still had love okay because I listen to quite a bit of your older music and I listen to some of your newer music that you released as mm. a fuck I don't even know how to word this as a more like I guess because you've been doing music for a long time as a more evolved artist do you like the older music that you made or mm, that is a good ass question I do like I do like a lot of the older music that I've made. I don't love it. I'd be I'd be lying if I said I love it. The current music I'm making right now, that's something I've like fell in love with. Um, the previous one, I do like it, but I'm not. I, I don't love it just for the pure sake, like you said, that evolution factor, just growing as a person and shit. But the reason why I still like it and why I'm not gonna disregard it entirely or like delete songs and shit is because at the time that was how I felt. At the time, that's how I wanted to express how I felt. So it. It, it feels nostalgic and like a beautiful listening back on those feelings that I felt at the time. Cause it was like, damn bro. Like I was 15, for example, making this song like, like that, you know what I'm saying? It just gives like a cool nostalgic feel. So yeah, I like it, but um, I definitely am more and more in love with my, my new shit. That's crazy. That's kind of how I feel when it comes to like my very first interview, like in terms of how that shit sounds, I ain't a lot of shit was ass. I ain't gonna lie, but it's still my favorite interview. Cause it's like, that was the homie, you feel what I'm saying? Like, he he literally recorded that shit for me. Uh, I had Apple headphones, you know what I'm saying? I started from literally nothing type shit. And it's like, it's cool because it's still the evolution. But in terms of, like, the sound, I fucking hate my first interview. Like, oh, mm. man. Even my sister, she was saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to watch your first interview. I said, oh, my God, please, no. Like, that shit is, <laughs> I hate that shit. But, I mean, just like mm. you said, it's the evolution, you know? It's cool. It's like history, in a sense. Yes, it's like a, it's like an artifact now. So you can like appreciate it from a distance while also accepting the fact that you've grown a lot now and your shit is just better and it's just only going to get better from there. Yeah. How does your family and friends feel about like your more recent music that you released? Uh, so, so like hmm, that's an interesting one. So my family has always been supportive of my music. So like my brother, my mom, all that shit. They like everything I put out. Even like my more experimental shit, like um, I dropped my new song, the black. Uh, this song is for the black sheep. That's my first song under like my new genre I'm trying to create called MC Core, which is just like an unorthodox style. Um, but yeah, my my family has always supported it. But honestly, from friends and people at school and all that, I'm starting to notice people are like straying away from my new shit, and that's totally okay. Um, they're straying away from it because it's starting to slowly sound less and less like what everyone else is putting out and that's like i love that so like even though there are people that are aren't liking it as much like around me like friends wise and like school wise i'm still admiring my new art and i'm still going to create more of it because it's like this is me it's you know what i'm saying if you like it that's fabulous if you don't that's fabulous you know what i'm saying like 
I appreciate all the criticism. Um, yeah, the, people are just reacting a little different because it's it's new, and that's that's how it is for any revolution at first. I mean, should at least they being honest with you though? Should at least because there's some people that listen to big artists right now who they don't really like the artist; they just listen to them to be popular type shit. Yup, my main like support right now is just online, TikTok, Instagram. I call the people that like support my shit like the cult. I call them my family. Like, we're, it's not a fan artist interaction. It's just, it's literally just a family. Those are the people that really really mess with my new shit, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> So, okay, this question wasn't on the list either, but like, hmm, are do you worry about like calling? Because me personally, I feel like the best way to build like a a listener base is to treat them like family, you know, and be family with them. You know what I'm saying? Be friends with them. Do you think it's it kind of? You think it may turn off new listeners by calling your like quote unquote fan base a cult? Mm, that is a good question. I do think it does turn off some new listeners because they're like, yo, this is a little, this is a little like extra, like this is a little too much. But honestly, it's going to disarray and it's going to give people ill feelings that aren't meant for it just yet. So it's going to attract the right people. The right people are going to be drawn to that and be like, this is like what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a, because like when I say cult, I don't mean like a destructive, mm-hmm like uh, a connotation cult is like a family like I like when I say cult it's more so in an aspect of like this is a movement we're trying to start it's not artists and, and, and fans it's like this is a movement we're trying to promote growth and evolution and all types of shit so yeah it's gonna attract the right people and if it leads certain people away that's totally fine like they'll they're gonna come back later trust <laughs> okay my uh, my next question was about your song. Uh, this this song is for the black sheep. What was the mm-hmm. work process like behind that song? Yeah, so mm, that song is so beautiful. Um, what's it called? It was just nearing the end of twenty twenty two, um, like December type shit. And I remember just thinking, like, damn, bro, like twenty twenty two honestly wasn't really a, a a fantastic year for me, like music wise, because I just I just noticed I was just putting out a lot of uh, content because there's a difference between art and content. So at the end of the year, I was like, bro, what can I do in 2023 that could be different that like I'll love more. And in return, the people that really, really support me, my family, like, you know, what I'm saying what I call my supporters and shit, my family. What can I do that we can both appreciate more than like the, the recent content as shit that I've been putting out? What can I make that'll be more artistic? And then I was like, boom, let me make a whole new genre called MC Core type shit. And I literally just found an overpaid type beat on YouTube, um, DMB type beat, like like the fast drums and shit. And I was like, let me do something different on this beat. Most people on this DMB type beat would hop on it a certain way. The MC core is hopping on that beat in an unorthodox way, in a way that's totally different. So like, for example, my new snippet, uh, Safe Sex Complex with your stepdad, that's like a 2000s ass, like old ass, nostalgic ass beat, but I'm like scream rapping on it. That's like MC core. Just, yeah, bro. Just the process of just trying to create something new. I want, like the underground is getting stale. I want something to be like new and, and exciting. Okay. Going back to what you said about, uh, there's a difference between putting out music and content. What what do you think was so bad about when you were just putting out content? Yeah. Cause like 
with all my songs, there are certain songs that were approached in a way of content, and there are certain songs that were approached in a way of art. There are certain songs on the content base where it's like, hmm, what type of beat will niggas like the most? What type of lyrics will appeal to more people? You feel me? Like I was molding, like any content song that I've made was molded towards my audience liking it. And like, that's normal. Like when you like when you hear that, you're like, oh, that's normal. Like a lot of artists make music for their um, listeners. And that's totally fine. There are certain songs where I drop something for the viewer's ears and for them to, to appreciate. But on the artistic aspect, it's like if I'm focusing entirely on what everyone else is going to like, where does that give like my soul into it? Where is the art aspect of it? In all my artistic songs, like this song is for the Black Sheep, that's entirely my soul. Like I can look at that song and be like, this was literally me. Like this, if people like that, then that means they like me. You feel me? Like this beat, it might not attract the mainstream audience. It might not attract certain people because how fast or the flow I'm hopping on on that song. Um, but like, it's still me. So like, I appreciate making that art more than that content. The content is just like me saying I'm fucking hoes and I'm turning up and shit like that. Okay, so when you mean content, you mean like just making, you don't mean visual content, you mean like making music, like making a lot of songs where people want to hear type shit. That's what you mean by content. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because when I hear content, I think of like the visual content that you're putting out now. Like, you know how you have a song and then you have like a like a video with the song and you put it out like a quick like 15, 15 seconds? Yo. Okay, that, okay. So there's a difference. Sorry to interrupt. Even shit like that, I don't even like to call it content because like, I don't know. I think, like I said, maybe I'm just a fucking art fanatic ass nigga, but even those little snippets, I I see those as art and because they're entirely me. Like I edit it how my soul wants it to be projected onto the screen and shit. So, but yeah, it's, yeah, bro. Okay. So I know like a lot of artists, maybe, how do I put it? They... They truly love making music because it's their passion. Is there anything that you dislike about making music? Yo, I ain't never thought about that. Is there anything I dislike about making music? Mm. Mm, yeah, there is. So, there, and, and all my artist niggas can, they can definitely, like, they know what I'm talking about. When you have an idea for something and it sounds so good in your head, but then when you go to record it or fully execute it out or edit it or whatever, if it doesn't align with that original vision that you have, that shit pisses me off. And it'd be so demotivating because I'll sit there and I'll be like, damn, like, I'm a failure. You know what I'm saying? Just all the anxiety thoughts because it's like, fuck. Like, I thought it was going to sound so beautiful in my head, but it didn't. But, like, that's just honestly, like, the process of, of like, making shit, bro. Like, there's going to be those days where you make some ass shit. That's like the only thing I dislike about making music is just those those bad days where I put my heart and soul into something and it doesn't sound as expected. So what's one way you try to like avoid having those bad days? Like in what ways do I avoid trying to have them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In what ways do you avoid trying to have those bad days with like making music and not liking it? Honestly, I feel like it's so random... I can't even avoid it. So it's like me playing Russian roulette every time I'm hopping in my fucking garage studio. Every time I'm hopping in that bitch, I'm like, yo, this could either go really good and I could I could feel fucking peak creative 
flow and just plutonia slash joy for making this or i could completely could completely fuck up my day and i could completely be demotivated for like a week after this i just have to try it and see what happens like i can't just sit there and be scared that it's gonna turn out ass i just gotta try it and find out damn so what do you think will be one way to like minimize that though can you think of one or minimize it Mm, i don't even know i I, like if i knew the answer bro i wish i knew the answer it just it happens randomly it it, it might happen once a month um and it doesn't sound like a lot but just once a month we're like some i just push out some bad shit and it's like ah that's tough but just hop, hop back into it next week and Make something better. Yeah, I feel that. Got to keep going. Mandatory. We were we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. One of the first songs I heard from you, or heard you on, was a Grim Ox song, Still Scamming 3. Now I want to mm-hmm. know, what, how did you come about being on that song? Yes, bro. So as we were saying earlier, bro, like, I was not supposed to be on that song, bro. Everyone on that song was way bigger than me bro like i was just starting to get big on tiktok i maybe had like ten thousand followers grim ox was a big artist shay romani big artist your stepdad like all these niggas are big artists that's like you know what i'm saying like big underground niggas at least like they're not mainstream of course but they have like big audiences caps lock shout out to everyone on the songs salty all the niggas that were on the song like those are big niggas so me being on there was literally just like an accident i seen grimox's video on my for you page where he was like we're looking for one more artist for our still scamming song whatever whatever tag him in the comments and i i made a a a duet to that video and that duet i think went like semi-viral they got like i think like 10 or 15k or some shit like that and all my like niggas like all my supporters were just spam commenting on grimox's post and like obviously if they're spam commenting like he's gonna notice and he did and i was literally so excited and like gassed for him to like hit me up and be like yo be on this song and like i was telling you like this is that song is one of my favorite verses because it was a big opportunity for me i was making a song with so many like big underground names so i was like sitting there crafting that verse like like just overthinking i was like bro let's how do i make a perfect verse so that when niggas hear this like i can you know what i'm saying i can make an impression and just yeah it was all on accident bro but really nothing is accident it's just like the universe's way of aligning shit. It was meant to be at the time. Yeah, I've seen you have like quite a bit of, quite a bit of ciphers that you're on. What, what do you like about being on a song where there's like four plus people? Mm. Ah, so like, shout out to every artist I've ever been on a cipher on or or a feature in general. But a lot of people have told me like, on my uh, feature songs or like the ciphers. My favorite thing about it, bro, is like the competitive aspect so i'll hear like all these niggas spaz off and i'll be like fuck like this song is so good how can i how can i like match this or try to like one-up it you know what i'm saying it's like the competitive aspect of like okay bro like when niggas listen to this this might be a lot of niggas first time hearing me on a song so i need to go like the craziest like a possibly go i literally like try so much harder on features bro like i don't know why especially if it's a cypher it'd be fun though yeah, that's funny. I was just about to, you could tell, I was just about to say that you could tell that you like really try to like kill that shit. I don't know. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I listened like, um, to your old stuff from like four years ago and you can tell like there was like a change in the type of music that you made now. Like 
I feel like, how do I put it? I feel like um, four years ago, there was more like a hype element to your music. And now it's more so like, it could go from your soft shit. Like, what's that one? You, it was an EP that you released not too long ago. Um, Beautiful. Yep, that one. Mm-hmm. And so it could go from that to like where to where you just spazzing on the fucking track. So I want to ask what made you make the change from like more hype music to like the music you're making now? It, it, it was really just X's passing, bro. Like X was my favorite artist. And like I said, he passed away on my birthday. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? I really, really looked up to X and he made everything. He made the screamo. He made the alternative. He made pop. He made R&B, everything. So I aspired to be like that. So after, like, over time, I stopped just making the hype shit and, like, trying to shift and and just catch niggas off guard. That's my favorite feeling in the world is when I make a stream of hard, hard hard-ass songs, just heavy hype shit, right? And then I just out of nowhere drop something like Beautiful Confusion um, where it just, like, warps niggas' minds. They're like, what the fuck? Like, what happened? But it's beautiful. It's that, bro, like... I don't know, bro. Like, just that whole process is, like, so gas to me. Like, the switch all stemmed from just X. Like, he... Big inspiration, bro. What do you think was, like, your favorite song from him? My favorite X song is probably... Because I love I love all the X songs, like, to be honest. But my favorite one, if I had to pick one, is Carry On on, on the album 17. Because um, it's, like, it's, like, a sad song. But he's saying carry on like flights and just carry on with this pain inside of my chest got no choice but to carry on so it's like as hard as shit can get you have to carry on like you have to keep going my nigga like yeah that, that, that's his that's my favorite song by him that's a real shit i think he again he like you said he has a lot of like really really good music i think for me it probably have to be fuck i asked you that question i didn't even realize how hard of a question that is uh <laughs> King of the Dead, for sure. I don't know why. I just like that song. I don't know why. King of the Dead or probably Save Me. I really like that song, too. That's a really Bro, good song. it's so beautiful. Bro, if you're listening to Save Me, you literally have to be at, like, the lowest point of your life, bro. That shit makes... Bro, that's, like, a cry-worthy-ass song. And King of the Dead is fucking hard, too. So you got W taste. W fucking man's. Yeah, that... Yeah, that song. <laughs> that shit. That shit'll get you through some shit, for real. <laughs> Yes, that's beautiful as hell, though. Again, we were talking a little bit about your song, your EP, Beautiful Confessions. And one of the songs on there that kind of really stood out was Bluest Skies. Were mm-hmm. you confident in releasing that type of uh, song with that sound? Uh, I, I definitely am confident now. And the EP was called Beautiful Confusion. You you you, you messed up the name a little bit, but it's literally um, totally fine. My bad, bro. That shit. Fuck. <laughs> no, we bother, bro. It's totally chill. But yeah, I, I am confident in making music like that. I like to catch niggas off guard. And Beautiful Confusion is is definitely my favorite project that I've made in my life, like thus far. It's it's definitely like something that really, um, it was it was an important chapter in my life. What made you go for like a softer type of vibe for that EP? Ah, this nigga want me to go in the backstory. Um, so like. Beautiful Confusion was entirely wrote to my first love. Like every song on there, Bluest Skies, June 30th, and Unhappy Happy Endings was all songs for my first love. Like just describing, my fault, describing like the beginning of that relationship. 
the the you know what I'm saying the falling out of it and then the eventual um end of it like the 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 sad ending to it that's why it ends with unhappy happy endings and shit I went for that soft feel because that was like a really emotional time in my life because I fell in love for the first time and it didn't work out so it was just that whole EP is literally me explaining that whole relationship it it, it means the world to me because it like looking back on it, it it's just so fucking beautiful bro oh wow did she ever did she ever see that EP Mm. Yeah, bro. She she definitely did. Um, I felt like a fuck nigga. Like I felt like a bitch ass nigga when I sent <laughs> it to her, bro. Like I don't know. I don't know, bro. Like there was a point, maybe like six months ago or some shit, where we were still in contact, but obviously we weren't like on some relationship ass shit no more. Um, but I I remember sporadically just being like, bro, let me just send her this EP and let her know that it's about her because I want to get it off my chest. And then now we don't talk at all no more. But I just remember feeling like a bitch nigga. I was like, bro, she's probably looking at this EP like, bro, if you don't get your sad ass. But like, bro, like it is what it is, bro. That's how I felt at the time. And honestly, what she feels about it don't even matter. It's really just expression. And hopefully niggas can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, at least she was man enough to do that shit. And we did it. We did it. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what do you think her response was to that? Like, how do you think, how well do you think she, like, received that? Mm. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. I really don't even know if she listened to it, dog. Like, bro, shout out, shout out to her, bro. I'm not going to, like, belittle her or anything, but just, like, long story short, the relationship ended off of her just being on some fuck shit, you feel me? So it was like. I don't think she really respected me as like a as like a man or a person at all. So I don't I don't even think she listened to it or if she did listen to it, it might have been like a hee hee ha ha I played this nigga ass mentality. Like it sucks, but I really do feel like that's how it had to have been received. Like there's no way she had a soul when she listened to that. There's no way. Damn, bro. So what what do you th- what what's how do you avoid people like that? How do you personally avoid people like that now? Mm, it's a beautiful question. Um, so I think like the first thing with that is defining what a person like that is. A person like that in this in this like situation is someone that's heavily focused on themselves and they move dishonorably. So they do shit that's dishonorable, whether it's something little like throwing trash on the fucking floor or it's something like bullying a nigga and making him hate himself. Dishonorable shit is like that type of archetype that she was, in my opinion. Now, how to avoid a dishonorable-ass nigga is you yourself have to carry yourself honorably. Carry yourself like a king or a queen, and those type of people are going to be uncomfortable in your presence. People that are moving dishonorable are going to be like, damn, they're carrying themselves so highly, it reminds them of how bad they're doing. Like, misery loves company, so dishonorable-ass people that are on fuckery are always going to migrate together like a herd because now they're feeling comfortable in each other's misery they're around other people like them because it makes them feel good like ah i'm fucked up but at least there's hundreds of niggas fucked up next to me you feel me when they're around a nigga like you or me for example that's carrying themselves like a king or a queen um and just carrying themselves with pride and honor it's it makes them uncomfortable because it reminds them of that truth like fuck we're moving dishonorably whatever like like you repel bad niggas from just being a divine nigga like like period that is crazy that you say that yo because even like 
I'm not going to get too, too into detail, but I've had situations to where like I'm around people like that, but it doesn't repel them away. It's like, huh, not, I'm not going to say who the people were, but I've been mm-hmm. around some people to where like, I told them like, Hey, yeah. Like, uh, they asked me like, Oh, you know, they basically asked me, what am I doing with social media? Like they know I do it, but they don't know exactly what I do. And I mm-hmm. tell them and they basically try to belittle it in a sense. It's like, they try to like dim your light type shit. So mm-hmm. for everybody listening, be careful of people like that as well, who you don't repel. Some of them, they may just want you around to dim your light to where it's as dim as theirs. So be careful with people like that as well. Yo, they want to bring you to that miserable ass like state of being. And honestly, it, it helps for, for you and for the niggas listening. It helps when, because when you treat yourself like a king or queen and you really are truly like divinely in love with yourself and shit, which I recommend for everybody to get into after healing and shit, it's like you kind of understand what you deserve. So you can kind of notice these things, even when it, it doesn't repel them, you can push them away after noticing that they're not on the same level as you type shit. Not in a bad way, like, oh, you're above them and it's like some weird hierarchy, but they're just moving different than you. You need a flock. You are who you hang with. So if you're hanging around dishonorable niggas, it's only a matter of time before they bring you down to that dim light, like you said. So just a, a, a thing that'll help is just notice, know what you deserve and don't allow shit like that. If they don't repel themselves, you push them away because you don't need that in your life. Real talk. Real talk. Yeah. So the more artists I like, the more artists I talk to, I come to the conclusion that a lot of them, they make really whatever the fuck they want to make. And randoms, when it comes to like random people who aren't in their family, they don't really care what they have to say. Now, I know artists, they mainly care about what their core fan base has to say about their music. I say that to ask, you kind of spoke up on it a little bit, a couple questions back. How, how do you take like constructive criticism from your core fan base? From my core fan base? Ah, so, okay, so, yeah, I did speak on it a little bit. I really do care about all of their opinions and all that shit on my songs because, like, those those are my family. Like, I wouldn't be anywhere I'm at. I'm not, like, a major huge artist right now, but I wouldn't be anywhere to where I'm at currently without their love and support. So, obviously, they hold mad value, like, in my life and in my heart. So, it's like what they say is automatically more valuable than a random nigga, like, on the street. But to an extent... I have had, like, some of my supporters that are like, yo, like, MC, I love you, but this new song that you dropped, I'm just, it, it just wasn't my taste, but, like, you know what I'm saying, excited for the next drop. I just I don't get upset with that. I, I understand them with that. And it's because I am trying to push new genres and new boundaries. So for some people, it's totally fine if it doesn't, like, align with you at first. Like, I get it. Um, I just... I just keep going. Like, I'm just going to keep making what aligns best with me. And those that love it, love it. Those that don't, they they won't. And But they, they will catch on, bro. Like, for sure. I, I appreciate and I love all the people that, like, listen to my shit. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it type shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I have a lot of homies who make music. But before, I was like, before I could call them my friend, I was like a fan type shit. Before I interviewed them, I was genuinely a fan of the music. So it's like now mm-hmm. when they send me some shit that's unreleased and I say, hey, like, that's cool. Like, there's an audience for that, but I don't like it because this reason and that reason. They totally mm-hmm. understand where I'm coming from. And it's like, again, it's how you say it 
it's it's how you say it and not what you say type shit, you know? Yup, it's own. Like understanding that they don't like it as much, understanding that it may not be for them, but continuing to push what, what you do ultimately while also taking that into part. Like, okay, they didn't like this. How can I incorporate still 100% authentically myself in this next release, but also tie in some of their like advice and, so, and, and you know what I'm saying? Uh, criticism like just doing both worlds and how you said like um it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah like uh because i'd seen a comment on your soundcloud it was one of your old songs and there was somebody giving you like praise and they really like the song and they like you as an artist but then there was somebody under that comment saying like basically basically denying that and saying no he raps too fast <laughs> like what the fuck like how do you how do you i know you probably don't give a fuck but like how do you feel about that, I, bro. Like, <laughs> you were totally fan, right. you feel me? Oh, yeah, bro. I, bro, you're totally right. I do not give no fucks because, like, I think the per I think I know what you're talking about, but I think in that situation, that was just a nigga that was hating. Like, it, it came across their feed and they heard my shit going fast or something, and they was just hating. I don't know. Even if it was a supporter, shit like that doesn't necessarily get to me because I make like. I make so many different types of music. There are a lot of songs of mine that are fast, but there's also the slow ones like Beautiful Confusion and shit like that. So just what I would say to them niggas is listen to some of my other shit. Like guarantee if there's something you don't like about this drop, there's going to be something else that you like in a, in another one because I make the, the various types. So, yeah. What do you prefer making? Like the fast shit or the more slow shit? All of the above, King. All of the above, not gonna lie. There's certain days where I'm really feeling that that hype fast shit, but there's also certain days where I'm just trying to tap into some some beautiful singing and shit. So it's I like to make it all, to be honest. Okay, I respect that answer. Mm -hmm. I had seen um, someone asked, "How did you come about having Stepdad and Kill Switch on a song?" Those are two separate songs, right? Or... Uh, yes. So, um, the first one I'll dive into is Kill Switch. So that is on a Kid Kami song. Um, I don't know if you like went into my discography, but Kid Kami is like definitely someone that I've worked with a lot, especially on like Cypress and shit like that. So he, the the song that we have with Kill Switch, it has like eight seven zero Glizzy, it has um, Brokey, I believe. It, it, it's like a it's another one of those Cypher songs. So it's really not my song, but okay. we're gonna be collaborating on it, and it's just something I'm super excited about. It has Fuck It on it too, which is like a nigga that was in Members Only. Okay, and what about the uh, song with you and Stepdad? Is that your song? or? Yes, so the song with me and Stepdad, that is called Safe Sex Complex. It's like the newest one that I'm really, really trying to push out. Um, bro, th the way that that came about is crazy because like all praise to Stepdad, bro. That's literally my favorite artist right now. Like look at my my top like artist on Spotify and he's literally been on top for like the last like six months. Favorite artist, like I listen to this nigga like crazy. Cause I'm really liking like unorthodox flows and I just, I love shit like that. So um, I remember hitting, uh, hitting him up like a year ago, maybe like when I, when I was kind of like getting a little big on TikTok and he was growing on TikTok as well. Um, I texted him on IG. I still have like this, the screenshots of our chats, like they're still in there. I texted him and I was like, yo, like let's hop on a feature. Like this shit would be gas um, like a year ago. Right. And he answered, he was like, yo, I charged 200 or some shit like that. Like, let me know. And I was like, damn, like, I'm a broke nigga. Like, I didn't answer after that because I was like, damn, like, I'm not going to pay him respectfully just because I didn't have money at the time. 
But then later on, he hit me up like like a couple months after, and he was like, yo, fuck all that shit. He followed me this day, and he was like, fuck all that shit, bro. You go hard as fuck. Like, like we can make some shit for free now. So, I like, there was a certain window of time where, like, we was locked in, and we was talking about, like, you know what I'm saying? He helped me a lot with, like, advice when I was going through it with, like, my girl and shit like that. Like, he, he bro, stepdad is a real nigga, and he, like, is just supplying me for features and shit because he like fucks with me as an artist this recent song was supposed to be um i was supposed to pay him like 400 or some shit like that um and i had the money to i was going to do that because obviously now he's becoming a bigger artist so i totally respect if he wants money for his work but i hit him up i was like yo i got 400 and he literally like brought it down to like 180 or some shit he was like bro like like let's still lock in like you're you're hard as fuck so let's just do it um, I'm just blessed, bro. I'm, I'm glad that he appreciates and loves my music, and I'm glad that he gave me that opportunity, dog. Sorry if I rambled, but... No, you're good. You're good, bro. You don't gotta apologize for quote-unquote rambling or apologize for interrupting. You ain't gotta do none of that shit, bro. But that's cool that he's being... You know what I'm saying? That he... You know, that's that's really cool. A lot of artists don't do that. You know, when they get to a certain level, they don't do that shit. Yeah, bro. He's, he's honorable, bro. Like, I, I really fuck with his energy. If he sees this... I want him to know I fuck with him. He's my favorite artist. So making a song with your idol, like your favorite artist, that's, that's you know what I'm saying? That, bro, it's a whole different experience. I cannot wait till that song drops. So when do you think it's going to drop? I say, I say late March, early April, just because I want to have a, a big window in which I'm promoting it like crazy. I want it to go viral on tiktok to an extent even if it's like a hundred thousand views even if it's like 50k views i want that snippet to go somewhat decently viral on tiktok so that it has some push on it i want this song to be like something like i think it has a lot of potential so just i'm promoting it like hella like 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 a motherfucker and then just late march early april is the goal okay so if that shit let's say that shit were to go like super fucking viral like would making a music video would that be something you're interested in Hell yeah, bro. Bro, I would fly out to that nigga stepdad ASAP, bro. It's crazy that you said, because this song has so much potential. Do you know who Warhol is, bro? Honestly, it sounds familiar. I don't I don't think I heard. I don't think so, though. You're totally fine. He's he's like a, a, a big name in like this underground shit. And he liked the reel that stepdad posted of our song. So it's like it, it has potential. And if it if, if it does i'm gonna try to manifest it if it does go as crazy as i envision it then music video is definitely in a, like a possibility and i'd want it to be like an unorthodox music video nothing with like the females in the background and the money and the guns none of that shit like some like some real just different shit okay so like what's like the vibe of that song are y'all just both spazzing or what's going on uh yeah so i don't know if you've seen a snippet but um it's really just it's, it's, it's an extension of that MC core shit I was um, telling you about earlier. It's us hopping on this uh, early 2000s-ass nostalgic-ass beat, like like early 2000s-ass type of type of song, but like we're just spazzing on that bitch. So it's just on some like hard shit. There's hella punchlines in there, hella wordplay. I'm just, I'm just excited because it's like a really cool summer-ass type of song. Like this is a type of song where you put it in on your car speakers and you crank that bitch like to maximum prestige volume i cannot wait <laughs> bro all right we, we gonna be looking forward to that shit bro yes sir so i want to know how did you you kind of spoke upon it a little bit how did you come across spirituality mm, good question 
Uh, so spirituality, um, I came across it sophomore year during um, COVID, which was 2020. I was a sophomore during the year 2020. Um, just having a lot of time in my room alone allowed for me to kind of indulge into um, just certain lifestyles and practices. And one of those was spirituality, which I don't necessarily align with anymore. But in the time, I was watching a lot of like spiritual uh, content creators like Spiritual Soul, Vontu Cut, Spiritual Tony, niggas like that that just spoke about a lot of like divine shit. I just utilized what they were saying and I incorporated it into my life and it really just started from there, just COVID. Okay, so what, why do you feel like the spirituality doesn't align with you today? Uh, So spirituality as a whole is beautiful to me, right? But when we talk about the new age movement, when we talk about incense, sage, crystals, like I said about my job, like paying for niggas to like do Reiki, shit like that, I personally, I don't know if it's a scam, obviously. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like certain people it helps, certain people it doesn't. But in my eyes, I just don't like shit that costs money for your healing. I feel like a lot of the new age spirituality, which is like the fake trendy version of it like what's went viral on tiktok and and all that crazy shit like the trending version of spirituality i don't fuck with because it pushes the agenda of like purchasing your way into healing which is like it's condescending i don't like it because at the time i per i tried to purchase all these things like oh buy this um buy this sage it's gonna it's gonna heal you buy this book it's gonna heal you buy this whatever, whatever, I bought all these things with the hopes that it was going to heal me, all these vitamins, all these meditation courses, all these things, and it didn't work. So it, it, it led me down a really dark rabbit hole of honestly, like, you know what I'm saying, suicidal ideation and shit, because it was like, damn, I really put all of my energy into this, and I thought it was, like, going to help me, but it wasn't. Like, it, it turned out to be a facade and, like, some, like, niggas just trying to make profit and shit. Like, I'm not fucking with that. So as far as, like, spirituality the, the main things i take away from it in my personal opinion of course everybody's different the main things that are like beneficial from it though um meditation that is real that is something i, I currently still do yoga eating healthy and just exercising my nigga like if you're able to just simply do those you don't need the other shit you don't need to go out and buy crystals you don't need to, to buy anything my nigga like all those things is just natural you could just eat healthier you just, you know what I'm saying? You, meditation doesn't cost no money. Like, yeah. Nah, yeah. That's crazy. I kind of feel that way in terms of like when people, um, have you ever heard of somebody like they have like a, let's say like they said a house is like haunted type shit and then they pay somebody to go and cleanse it for them. Like, I kind of feel like you shouldn't, the person doing the cleansing shouldn't charge people for that type shit. I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't make money. I don't know. I don't know if I make a sense, but I don't think you should make money to do that, you know? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if all this shit is real, if all these things are going to help us heal and shit, and ultimately, like, all, like, we could all agree that humans, it'd be like, life would be better if all humans were healed, right? So, in the eyes of spirituality, if we want to heal everybody and healing everybody is our goal, why not make this shit free? Why not make these Reiki sessions something we just do out of pure love and shit? Like, why don't fucking incense and crystals why is all that shit cost money it's because niggas profit off of 
people that have they're they're at low like depressive states so like they're just depending on all these ads and all these things of people telling them that buy this and it's gonna it's gonna heal you it's gonna change your life they profit off of niggas that are going through it and i, I just I, I don't fuck with that but if it works for someone else and they really find joy with that then you know what i'm saying all praise to them okay it's like you kind of look at it from like a them being a predator type shit preying on people huh yes like like anything that costs money i feel like it, it doesn't align meditation is like the most important one out of everything and that's free you close your eyes and you you meditate you feel me that's free like none of these exterior things are going to help you internally it starts inside and then out not outside in okay this is kind of off topic a little bit but i also kind of feel the same way about uh kind of like i guess water like i feel like we shouldn't have to pay for water if that shit comes from the earth I don't know. Does that make sense to you or am I tripping? No, you're definitely not tripping, bro. Like I was just having a conversation with uh, one of my brother's kids slurs the other day. I was like, bro, like life really is not supposed to be this fucking consumerism as profit as money as game, bro. Like we really was all supposed to be here for like, like to love each other and just help each other with shit. Like, I don't think, anything like that should really cost like niggas should just be helping each other out and thriving and like living bro like people just got too greedy and and now shit is fucked but that's the whole reason why i'm here i'm trying to make that change i'm trying to get to the point where i have eyes on me because we live in an age where like niggas will listen to you when you have eyes on you and you have publicity i want to get to that point where i have that publicity so i could preach shit like this so i can really make a change type shit do you think it's possible to fully change this though? Like to fully fix it? Not fully, but there's definitely some ways in which it can help. A lot of, I feel like a lot of mainstream influencers are are preaching toxic positivity and they're preaching that it's cool to be, you know what I'm saying, doing dumb shit like the drugs and the gangs and the you know what I'm saying? Like they're preaching that. So in return, society is going to be like that. If I make it, for example, if I make it cool to do shit like meditation, if I make it cool to do shit like better yourself and heal from your childhood traumas and shit like that, that can make an effect on thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. If I can at least heal people, I don't need the extras of, like we said, like the um, the ending of like the consumerism markets and shit like that. It sucks that that's in place, but I, you know what I'm saying? If I can at least heal people mentally, and emotionally, that's all I need. That's all I'm here for. I want to read a tweet from you. I found this tweet. I don't even know how old this tweet is, but I found a tweet from you. This tweet, mm -hmm. it says, the reason you may not be able to find harmony without is because you struggle to find harmony within. The world from without is a reflection of the world from within. Gain harmony in the world within to maintain harmony in the world from without. I say that to ask, how do you personally find harmony within yourself? Fuck, bro, that's such a fucking old tweet, dog. I got that. I got that. Um, from the uh, it's a book called the the Master Key, and it teaches you about like the insides of yourself and shit. But how do I personally find harmony within myself? Is meditation. It's it's the biggest thing that's helped me with my mental health thus far. Um, and not the type of meditation that people kind of first think of. When people think of meditation, they think of like close your eyes and 
and escape the world. You feel me? Like, like I'm not with the escape the world shit. I'm not with the quiet your thought shit. When I meditate, I'm sitting down, I'm closing my eyes, and I am battling my demons and shit head on. I am closing my eyes and allowing my mind to flow to wherever it wants to flow. There's been times where I meditate and my mind will flow into some sad shit that I've been repressing for the week. You know what I'm saying? And then I cry during that meditation. I let it out and boom, now I've healed from that trauma from me allowing time to myself via meditation. Or there's also times where like I'm angry or I'm or I, I need an idea or I'm stressed and I need time to organize my thoughts. That's what that meditation is for, is allowing for your mind to flow freely without the distractions of the external world and shit. That's something that's helped me keep harmony within. And um, I want to push that towards other niggas as well. Damn, that kind of sounds like a more like extreme form of meditation. That kind of sounds like you're like purging yourself of just negativity, like kind of like doing shadow work, kind of. Have you heard of shadow work? Yes, bro. It's that's that's like the that's what I see the meditation as. It's like that's my favorite form of meditation is the shadow work, just allowing for your mind to flow wherever it needs to go. If it goes towards trauma one day, that's totally okay. If you end up crying, that's cool. If if some meditations aren't as sad, there's meditations where I'm just thinking about, you know, what I'm saying me and my girl or shit like that, and I just feel like all lovey dovey and shit after, like just allowing my mind to go wherever it wants, and it it'll heal itself through that process wow i remember seeing i don't know if i seen it or if i heard it somewhere i don't know if it was in your live last night but uh you were talking about like astral projection do you still do that Mm, i don't do it currently but it's not something that i uh disagree with yeah that's something i definitely do do fuck with and i have astral projected before though actually yes have you on accident. I've never done it on purpose. That's, bro, me too. It happened on accident. And it's like, it's so hard to recapture that moment because you try so hard. And maybe that, like, that fucks it up because, like, your your psyche is so stressed in trying to do it that it it restricts itself from doing that shit. That's, it, it's crazy, though. Like, how was it for you? I mean, to be honest, I really didn't get far. Like, I got to where mm-hmm. I was, like, how'd I put it? I was like looking at my body, but it didn't last. It didn't feel like it didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel like it lasted long. It felt like a quick dream. I don't know. Like I was out of my yeah. body. I wasn't able to go to another room. I wasn't able to walk around. I was just out mm-hmm. of my body. And then as fast as it happened is as fast as it went away. That's bro. It's like, it's crazy that you just expressed it like that. Cause mine was like the same type of way. And in my pers- perspective, I think the reason why my shit went by so fast, I don't know about how you feel about it, but on my, like my shit went by like so fast. I, all I remember is me like getting to that process where I'm floating and my whole soul felt like it was fucking vibrating and it felt crazy. But I understood at the time, like I had the conscious thought of like, oh shit, like I, I'm astral projecting right now. And then I got so fucking excited and like scared at the same time that it just woke me up and I just opened my eyes and I just came straight back to my body because that excitement or that's like that fear factor of it yeah no that yeah what the fuck that kind of yeah so bro like is this shit i don't know the thing about i don't know so how many times have you done it i've done it a few times i i can't keep track anymore because i i definitely know this is something i did back in 2020 when i was like really into like the spirituality shit 
but it's not something I like look down upon at all. No, I just currently don't do it anymore. Probably just because it doesn't. It's not something I like um, aspire to do currently. But like definitely in the future, I'm definitely probably gonna like try to run it back again. I, like it was some cool shit. I, I definitely like. I don't know. It, it, I I don't I don't know if it's like some deeper insightful shit that you can gain from it. But I really do like the experience of like niggas knowing that they can leave their body so that they can kind of get like a detachment from their ego and know, oh, shit, like as as real as I think this body and this this reality is like I'm this astral projection shit proves that you're an entity outside of the body and the body is like a shell of an experience that you're going to live for a short time. Yeah, but back to like the astral projection shit, bro, it's like. I kind of had a hard time if, like, I had a hard time deciphering whether or not it's a dream or if that shit's real. Like, mm-hmm. does that does that make sense to you? Or Yes, that definitely does make sense, and that's something that I even don't know. I don't think anyone will know, but it's, I think whatever reigns truest to your intuition is it's is what it will be. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh... like, this... This reality is yours, so whatever you want to believe, that's your life. If you believe you're going to go to heaven when you die, you're going to go to heaven because all that exists is you in your mind. If you believe that that astral projection shit is you leaving your body, then that's what it's going to be. If you believe it's just a dream, then nigga, you're just fucking dreaming. This is like your reality. You're the creator of it. Bro, that shit, what the fuck? I had a conversation with uh, the homie maybe a couple months ago because I'm big on like... Basically, what you said, if you believe it, then it's, it's true in your mind. And mm-hmm. he was he was basically telling me that he feels that, you know, when we die, it's it. There's nothing. It's just blackness. And I told him, mm-hmm. be careful believing that. Because if you believe that when you die, that may happen for you specifically. You know what I'm saying? Like, the brain yes. is super fucking powerful. Yes, bro. Like, I, bro, I fuck with the fact that you said that. Because niggas needed to hear that, dog. Like, that's going to that's gonna save some niggas. But... Yes, bro. Like if you if you believe that nihilistic, atheistic kind of viewpoint, which is totally like respectable and understandable, that's what it's going to be for you. So do you really want a life after death into which it's just black? For some people, they see that as peace or bliss. For some people, they see that as torture and it's something that scares the fuck out of them. Really, you the afterlife is whatever you want it to be. If you want to reincarnate, believe that shit thoroughly and it's it's going to happen for you bro that's that's my philosophy on it though we, like none of us is gonna know till it happens to us yeah later on in the interview i have you know something that's crazy that you fucking brought that up bro i have something that kind of goes deeper into that i'm gonna mm-hmm. get into it later on in the interview um i seen yeah. a tweet from you that said it's basically a tweet about you saying that you practice semen retention are you still on that type of energy and how did you get into that Oh, this nigga raw as fuck. You did your research, nigga. That's fucking gas. Yes, bro. Like, I'm definitely still a nigga that practices it. And I, bro, I cannot. Oh, I've, I've been waiting to say this on a fucking interview, bro. The year of 2021, starting June 12th, all the way to June 12th of 2022, I actually started my celibacy streak. So with this semen retention shit, bro, there's like three levels to it. The first level is no fat, which is just you, you know what I'm saying? Stop self-pleasing yourself and getting addicted in that sense two level two is like semen retention which is like holding you back from sexual experiences but you you're still allowed to have them you just can't release i don't want to be like too explicit 
Mm-hmm. And then the level three is celibacy entirely into which you're not allowing yourself to be with any of that. And I did that for a year, my nigga. I restricted myself from that for a year because I was addicted as fuck to, to sex and just all that appeal, all that bullshit that like the matrix feeds into your soul to, to bring you down. I was addicted as fuck to that. Like I was like, I was a slut, my nigga. I'm not gonna lie to you. So just <laughs> real shit. Being celibate just helped me become who I am. And that's the year I blew up. I blew up on TikTok when I became celibate. So, like, I, I definitely still am on that. What the fuck? So, I've never... How, how long did you say you lasted? I went a year being celibate, and then I got a girlfriend. And now, you know what I'm saying? Things change, but, <laughs> like, like, I still heavily believe it. So, anytime I'm, like, trying to create, a, a, like, let's say an album, for example... I would just talk to my girl and be like, yo, I'm going to be celibate for this month. I need to like lock in and, and hone in on that energy for my creativity. And then boom, like I like I, I believe it as a practice, but I did it for a year to stop myself from addiction. Like 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 dead fucking serious. Like that shit changed my life. That's crazy. So I've only lasted the longest is maybe like three months. So mm-hmm. from a year, how how could you explain how you felt? Like, was there like an energy change, like from a year's perspective? Yes, yes, bro. So after, I noticed after maybe four or five month mark type shit, that's when it really just becomes like a habit. Like it doesn't, it's not something that would like ring in the back of my head anymore. Cause it was like, bro, like this is life. I like how I'm, I like how I feel with this shit. It was like an energy. It was like a, a God tear ass, like confidence that I had in, in workflow. And just like, I treat my favorite part about the celibacy shit, like real shit, bro, was just me treating women with just a lot more like respect. And I started treating them more like art as opposed to like, like material and object and shit. Like that was the biggest benefit and my workflow, of course, because I ended up blowing up. You feel me? Like that's the like I blew up because I was like bored one day. When you're when you're on celibacy, bro, it takes a lot of your time away because you can't go out and, and fuck these hoes. You can't go out and watch porn and do dumb shit. You're not wasting time on that. So now you have extra time on your hands. Me in my predicament, I had extra time on my hands to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm bored. Let's start making TikToks. So I started making my TikToks, three TikToks every day, blew up, and like that's Bro, I don't know how to explain it. I know, I know you like are asking how it feels. It's really just like I I can't even explain it until you fucking do it. Just know you feel like God. Like like that's the best way I could put it. He said, "Just know you feel like God." You're gonna make everybody try that shit now. That's that's I've, this nigga said a year, bro. That's crazy. That's bro, some inspirational think, shit though. I mean, like. A year is fucking gas, and I, I definitely applaud myself for that, and I appreciate you, you for that, Um, like, you know what I'm saying, that applaud as well. But m- that wasn't my first go. I definitely tried Seymour Attention and NoFap since, like, 2018. 2018 is when I was really trying to get into that, but it was, it was, it was hard. I'd go, like, day seven, relapse. Day four, relapse. One month relapse. They, you know what I'm saying? It was a it was a constant flow for years like that. And it was June 12th of 2021 where I was just like, bro, you know what? Like, I'm done with this shit, bro. Like, I, I actually have to stop. And then just the discipline, bro. Like, I, I fuck with that shit heavy. You do feel like God. I ain't gonna lie. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so how often do you meditate? I, bro, I want to be a Mr. Cool-ass nigga and be like, I meditate two times a day. But honestly, um, it's just been hard because of, like, school and shit. But my ideal would be two times a day. In actuality, I would say maybe three to four times a week is usually when I can get it in. But it feels fucking beautiful every time. And um, this is kind of like a little, like, extra little fun fact and shit, but... I'm actually a licensed transcendental meditator. So at my at my job, they trained all the employees to be TM meditators, which is like a form of meditation. Um, they like we got like a teacher and shit, and that nigga trained us, and we got like licenses and like learned that shit like legit and shit. So like I, I really want to put niggas onto that sauce because like I got that shit. Like it was like a five hundred dollar program that my boss paid for. How long did it take to get licensed? I think it was like I think it was like a three month process we were just like he would teach us fundamentals on how it worked why we're doing it um, and then just like the practical part like he would sit with us and be like alright we're gonna start and I want your mind to go this direction and then you know what I'm saying that's how it was and a big thing about that transcendental meditation shit is he preached allowing your thoughts to flow as opposed to restricting them and telling them to shut up because in allowing your mind to flow you reach a state called transcendence which is why it's called transcendental meditation you reach that transcendence to where it's like ego death every time you meditate every time you meditate it's like your soul leaves your body and it's just pure like bliss like like nothing matters for like a little bit after of course the mental detox of like healing traumas and shit like that's like the reward like your brain gives you like a reward where it's like boom you did what you needed to for the last five minutes of this meditation for example pure transcendental fucking consciousness where it's just bliss and ego death in you and your soul it feels it feels amazing bro so now that you're licensed for transcendental meditations that are worth this i feel like certain shit that happens on the main stage comes from somebody and it's a reason why it's happening if that makes sense yes like uh, bro of course like we were just talking about earlier like there's certain big people of influence that are pushing bullshit agendas to like ruin the youth like it's definitely all controlled and i'm, I'm i gotta break that shit i don't know i feel like the simulation theory is so closely tied to like conspiracy theory level type shit but mm -hmm. Going back to what we were saying about how certain shit is, um, certain shit that happens is controlled and certain mm -hmm. shit happens for a certain type of reason. Like, uh, one thing that I started to get really, really deep into and I found out that this shit is actually not a conspiracy is that, uh, I was talking about it in one of my other interviews too. Have you ever seen like a movie and seen some shit in a movie or like, like, let's say you're watching like a Marvel, a Marvel movie. And you see some like some super government shit and you're like, okay, that's a little weird that that popped up. Like, you get what I'm yes. saying? Like, yes. there's certain shit that is being, again, I'm super big into psychology. I'm going to go to school for uh, to be a psychologist. And there, I feel like there's certain shit that's being promoted into the psyche of people subconsciously, like in where you don't notice it. Um, Even, again, with like the music, like certain music I just can't listen to like if it's like um i don't know just super violent shit i can't i can't listen to that 
because I've seen a study somewhere that it says that your brain, your brain basically doesn't understand that the words that you're hearing aren't coming from you. It just hears the words. So it's like the, your brain may think that those words are coming from you. So if you hear like, I spin the block or I do drills or whatever the fuck, that's mm-hmm. what your brain thinks that you're, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm probably send you that article. I'm probably leave a link down below as well. But yeah, you got to be careful what you open yourself up to type shit, you know? Yes, I, t- I fully agree with everything you're saying. And that's that's a big reason why I, I don't just purely make that hype type of like energy music. I like to switch shit up so that niggas know, you know what I'm saying? Both is acceptable. Like I, I want to give food for thought for all the types of listeners, mm-hmm. like every type of listener. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like uh, the metaverse? I'm actually not that well like informed on the metaverse. Can you uh, enlighten me? So the metaverse is basically like, have you seen the movie Ready Player One? A long time ago. You got to give me like a like a okay. short little. So basically, like, imagine you put on a VR headset and you spawn into a game in real life, like a world, like you living in a game type shit. Like you put on a headset and now you inside of a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. Basically a simulation, basically. Like um, I do. Yes, I do remember the movie now. Like uh, like Mark Zuckerberg, he's making some shit called the Meta or the Metaverse. That's what he's making. That's why he changed the Facebook shit to meta have you heard oh, shit. have you heard about that or yes i have i just didn't know what it fully entailed so he's essentially trying to make like a like a vr type shit for example to where you're in an entirely like alternate reality that's like a like a video game type shit basically yeah yo that shit is like i don't know how to feel about it because it's like i i'm like a curious uh uh childlike nigga by heart so like my childlike mind is like damn nigga we in the future that's some cool ass shit man but like fuck like i wonder how bad that really could go like do you feel what i'm saying yeah i I do brad because uh you know elon musk is right of course yeah he's uh he has some shit called Neuralink, where it's like basically a chip in your brain type shit and initially he wanted to be able to heal like people who have like who suffer from epilepsy or people who are blind they can help them see again but in the future he was saying he wants it to be able to connect to your phone connect to the internet and essentially connect to the metaverse type shit have you heard of that i did hear that that's bro this that shit just all sounds so fucking like complex and abstract to me it's like i don't know how to feel about that like i really have a big philosophy on like being against niggas trying to leave this earth in my opinion just just in my like personal opinion because i feel like this earth is really all we have and niggas will do shit like drugs or do shit like eating fast food for a temporary like numbness people do a lot of shit or like porn uh like we were just talking about earlier people do a lot of like shit like that to take them away from this earth but it's like bro this is all we have so a thing that kind of like concerns me about like the metaverse and like the neural link and shit like that is like niggas is really going to escape this reality and live an entirely fabricated life to where like what the fuck are humans even at that point? Like what even is earth at that point? Like it's, it, it gets so deep and complex. It's, it's, it's scary. Man. And imagine if like, like again with that chip being in people's brain, like what if they just decide one day, you know what? 
we finna turn this shit off or we finna like <laughs> like control people type shit like on some iRobot type shit I don't know it's interesting yes like get niggas all addicted to it like they're like so dependent on this reality and then they're like fuck it let's turn it off and like like whether they make niggas start paying for it for monetary gain whether they whether they do some crazy shit like that would be fucking crazy mm-hmm. imagine if thing we're doing right now like mid-interview imagine this was an alternate reality and like it just turned off like every like bro that would be fucked with I, bro i'd be fucking scared as hell dog I didn't even, yeah, what the fuck? I wasn't even thinking about it in that sense. I was thinking about it in the sense of, like, they, like, basically, if they turn off that chip, you'd get turned off since it's connected to your brain. But, oh, like, they die. Oh, man. shit. <laughs> nah, but what you were saying about them turning it off and get people addicted to it, they could do that with the internet right now. Like, yep. Man, that, yep. Shit, that shit fucking crazy, bro. I've always thought about that. I've always thought about that. Like, they really do have the power. There was some talk, like, I think a couple years ago where they said they was going to do that for COVID. And I don't think it ever happened in my area, at least. But that really is a way to get niggas fucked up because we're so dependent on these phones and this this bullshit. Now, imagine they just shut all that off. Niggas would have no idea what to do with their life, like, right now. Me included. Like, I am not special. I'd have no fucking clue how to move on for, for a while. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, so what would you do if they, like, shut off the internet indefinitely to where they don't bring that shit back on? What, what would you do? Mm, so, I, you know what I'm saying? At that point, I can't upload my music or nothing like that. So, like, I'd still make music, obviously, because I like the process of doing so. But at that point, there there's kind of a beauty to it. I'd struggle at first, but the beauty of it, bro, is, like, that's going to force niggas to live their real life. Like, we're no longer in the facade of of the internet in, in the metaverse and fucking what Cardi B said and how Cardi's in jail. And we're not in that world no more. Now it's boom. Everything that matters in your reality is what's immediately around you because we have no internet. You now have more value towards your family, towards your friends, towards the people around you because it's like, fuck. This is now all I have. I can't have access to text someone from fucking New Zealand and have instant responses and shit no more. Like now it, it'll make niggas value their real life and what's really around them. So it's cool, but I'd honestly freak the fuck out for like maybe a good like month. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't even know what the fuck I would do to be honest. I mean, I would like to say I would like after I come to my senses and cope and be normal, because I probably freak out too. But after I'm done freaking out, I probably go out and just interview random people and give their give their thoughts on it and give like try to like I don't know like put the interview like on a damn CD or some shit and just pass it out like for free. That shit is fucking cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that is some lit shit. That shit, man. I don't know. It's something to think about. That is some shit that could happen. But uh. There's another tweet from you. It says, Sometimes I feel like I'm crazy for this shit. Am I too ambitious and optimistic? What made you feel like that at that time? Do you remember? Ah, uh, that, bring, that brings me back, big dog. Yeah, so like, I don't know when that tweet was. So I can't, I can't fully decipher what I was feeling at the time. But from first glance, I definitely probably wrote that or, or tweeted that because I was... Um, I was doubtful of my, my, my goals, whether it be, you know, 
spiritual goals, physical goals, um, emotional goals, my money goals, of course, my career, my music, shit like that. I probably was at a big point where I was like, fuck, I doubt that any of this shit, like, what if none of this shit works? What if I work the hardest I've ever worked in my life and none of it comes into fruition? Like, and it drove me crazy, that thought of, like, am I a dumbass nigga for, like, going out of my way to doing the shit that I want to do and it not working? Like, am I am I crazy for that? Or will life be better for me to just work a regular nigga job and, and settle down and have a family and shit? It was, it was me doubting my my goals and shit at the time all that like all in its entirety but i don't think like that uh a lot anymore yeah this shit man it's like i feel like the only reason why i haven't stopped doing this is for one i just love interviewing people talking to people and i feel like this is a part of history you know like i'm documenting the story and i'm putting it out there and plus like if you give up you never know how far you're gonna get so that's what really eats me alive type shit like if I give up, what if I'm like already at the fucking door and I just give up, you know? Like Yes. That's how I feel now. I I wish I could have told my younger self that I'm glad I didn't quit though. Um and I'm glad you didn't quit at, at times where you may have experienced like doubt, even if it was other goals that you had in life, not even like the interviewing shit like that. Like I'm glad that we're still here now and we understand that so that we have the strength to keep moving forward type shit. Yeah. The grind is as real as it is delusional. It takes a little bit of delusion to make that shit come come to life, you feel me? Like, to all the niggas that are watching this, too, like, I know y'all got dreams. I know y'all got aspirations. Like, just what he was saying, dog, like, you never know how close you are to reaching that. There's niggas that quit, and maybe a week later, they would have reached where they have always wanted. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there really is no reason to quit, bro. Like, literally keep going. You got this. I'm going to send you a photo and I want you to read it for the audience and let us know how you feel about it. Okay. But I want you to read that to the audience and let us know how you feel about that. Ah, fuck. That shit brought a smile to my face, dog. All right. So the comment says I found him on TikTok when he had like 600 followers and I haven't looked back since. Dude, that's fucking wild. Like, bro, when I read that, the first initial reaction I have is, like, it, it it feels so nostalgic and warm to me, bro. Because, like, I remember just starting off my TikTok. And, like, bro, the people that supported my shit when it had, let's let's say, like, 600 followers, for example, those are the main fucking characters, bro. Because a lot of people now support artists when they're big because it's they want attention, they want clout and shit. For niggas to see Lil O me at 600 followers and decide to fuck with me from then and never switch up, like to this day, that's some real main character nigga shit. Cause you got you gotta be a different breed to to see someone at that small of a state in their career and still support them like that. Like that that shit makes me feel good. It brings me back, bro. Yeah, shout out to bro. His name is uh OP underscore two hundred. <laughs> shout out to him. 200 dog it, bro if this nigga follow me on ig or some shit bro i'm gonna follow you back just hit me up bro i swear to god i follow the ogs i want to know how did you come about being managed by the instagram page loading underground oh that that shit was so long ago i don't even remember all the way um okay okay i do remember a little bit of the backstory so i think they hit me up 
a while ago. I, it might have been a year ago now, unless I'm tweaking. But they hit me up essentially like asking if I needed management and shit like that. And I've been hit up like by a lot of people uh, about management before. And like there's a lot of people I wasn't fucking with the energy. Like I like it, it just gave off like scam nigga energy or y'all just wanted my money, whatever, whatever. And they approached me initially with an offer of like, yo, we can help you build and grow. But, you know what I'm saying? It, it would cost a little bit. And I wasn't with that at first because obviously it, it gave me a very similar approach as like the other people. Like it didn't it didn't stand out. But when I declined humbly and like like uh, properly and professionally and shit, of course, they're like they hit me up a little bit after. I think it was like a day later. And they're like, you know what? Fuck all that payment shit. I'm literally just going to help you grow. Cause I believe in you so much. Like your music is so fucking gas basically. And like, like I just want to help you grow. And they've literally been helping me grow ever since then. Like they just, they post content of me for free. They, they, they add me on fucking um, projects and, and collaborative things with their other pages for free. Like they really have been helping me just off of pure love. And that's what I think this shit is about. When you can help someone off of just pure love, not worried about money or, or fucking fame, that shit is like main character energy to me, bro. They're real for that. Shout out to them. Shout out Loading Underground. Viral. I seen that. Um. Before I get into that, you know what's crazy? I actually hit them up, bro, to get you on the fucking interview. Oh, shit. Yeah, but I think they have so many fucking followers that they didn't see it type shit. Damn, they were probably bro. You you probably got hit put in a request, dog, bro. Loading underground, y'all got to get on that, dog. Come <laughs> on, bro. I was like, fuck. I was like, how the fuck, how the fuck, I'm gonna get this nigga on? Like, it's hard going through people management sometimes. You feel me? Like, no, I definitely see what you're saying. And like, I don't want people to like look at it as like, oh, I have management. Hit them up first. You could like like niggas can hit me up. I'm not a massive artist. Like niggas can hit me up, and I might take a little bit to respond just because I'm a lazy nigga, but, like, I always get to responding eventually, so, like, I'm glad we were able to lock in, bro. This was divine alignment, like we were saying at the beginning. Yeah, it's just lit. I seen that, uh, you're starting to, like, promote your songs with, like, videos of you, like, whether you're just being hype as hell in the background, even at school. How did you come mm -hmm. about doing that and using that as a marketing tool? Bro, I thought about that going to sleep, like, like a week ago, dog. I was laying in my bed, like, Alright, bro. I make good music, in my opinion. Humbly, of course. I make good music, but good music won't get you anywhere unless you promote it. I was like, okay, I, 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 I have, you know what I'm saying? I've took over TikTok a little bit before in my life, but I fucked up in that in that time because I, I, I had some viral videos. I was going crazy, and then I stopped making videos. I stopped promoting myself because I got comfortable. I was like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Shit is going up. Niggas like Clappers started following me, Stepdad, all these like bigger names, Jay Easy, Lil Cito. These niggas all started following me. So I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to really do this promotion shit no more, but I, it was stupid as fuck. Cause then it fucked with my algorithm and all types of shit. So I'm laying down one night and I'm like, all right, how can I rerun it back up? I've done it before. So I know it's possible to do it again. So I just thought of like, how can I make like a creative snippet of my shit that like, that makes niggas want to watch the whole shit? And one of, like, the things is, like, me being in these odd-ass backgrounds. Like, me being in the fucking shower with my mic and shit. Or me being in the school, like, the cafeteria with my mic and shit. And niggas looking at me crazy in the background. Like, I just want niggas to scroll through their For You page. And, and they stop on that video because they're like, whoa. 
Like this nigga got the mic in the shower. This nigga got the mic in the school. And then they hear the, my sound of music and they hear that it's a little different than like what's out right now. And then boom, like I, I can I can start taking that shit over again. And you know what I'm saying? Making the movement grow again for sure. So when you were making that video in, like in school, do you were you kind of nervous at first or you just didn't care? Uh, bro, honestly, the nerves was crazy. Yes, bro. The nerves was crazy just for the fact of like, you know what I'm saying? I don't like when niggas judge me. I'm honestly, I don't know if you could tell. It's it's kind of hard to tell now because I've like trained myself to not be that way no more. But I am a naturally introverted, shy ass nigga. I don't really talk to people, bro. Like that's my natural state of being. I was always a shy, nerdy ass nigga. That's why I made videos and shit to try to like express myself. But I've like trained myself to flip the switch and just be out there because I want to be that for my music. So it was like as nerve wracking as it was, dog. I was just like, bro, like at the end of the day, like what these niggas think about me isn't going to matter one day, bro. Like I'm just going to do my shit and just keep it pushing. After after I did it twice, my nigga, after I did my first two snippets at school, I was like, bro, it doesn't matter anymore. Niggas are getting used to it now. Like, you know what I'm saying? And if they record me on some funny shit, like, yo, this nigga brought his shit to the school. What is he doing? That's more, that's more uh, a promotion for me. Like they're promoting it for me because now you're recording me because you think it's funny which is cool it's like a it's like a stunt like it's it's all part of the plan it's good like yeah bro i can't wait to hit you up after like like let's say like 60 days or some shit for example and like showing you that it worked because i i really have like faith in this the method yeah i mean i'm big into like you know again even though you don't like to call it content i look at it from a content creator's perspective like i look at it like you know you really putting out it's content, like, it's like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I just, I just like when people be making videos, especially when I see, like, people that are artists and they make videos and shit like that, to me, that shit's cool. Yes, bro, high quality, different nigga videos that engages them into that song and gives it a visual, beautiful, swear to God. It's crazy when you were saying, like, how, uh, you were kind of nervous at first doing it, like, in school, I kind of felt the same way when I first started doing the interviews, like, I still get nervous now just a little bit. But before this, I was like dummy nervous, like ready to throw up nervous type shit. Like I was really scared as hell. But then I came to the conclusion, like if I really love doing this, well, I'm going to let fear hold me back. You know, I was feeling the same way, big dog. So you're like, we, we in this bitch together, dog. Like I was waiting for you to hop on and, and do the interview on the discord. And I was like, fuck, like I'm really doing this shit right now. Like this is crazy. What if, what if niggas don't like me? What if I start stuttering and shit? But. We flowing now, bro. So like we we locked in for sure. Wait, no way. You was nervous for this interview? Nigga, this is my first like I'm a shy nigga by default. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, no, we getting this shit started though. This shit, you know what I'm saying? This shit fire. So, Real as fuck. I wanna know what made you want to do the helping hand challenge. So glad you saw that video. Um the helping hand challenge. If niggas didn't know, was started by X. Once again, my biggest inspiration, favorite, favorite fucking artist. Obviously, he passed away. Um, but I just, I watched his video of it, and I've, I've re-watched that video, like, hundreds of times, bro. Because it just, like, it brings tears of joy to my, like, to my soul. Because it's like, bro, like, this is some beautiful shit, bro. Like, this is the shit that needs to be made cool. Not niggas promoting fuckery and, and and doing dumb shit like this is this is what needs to be made cool so at the time 
my family lives on food stamps still. We're still a family that struggles with money and shit. And that's just how it's like, that's how it's been. And eventually I'm about to move out and, and, and create a new life for my own and shit. But at the time it was, it was like roughly after COVID year, the government was sending out any niggas that had food stamps. They had PEBT checks or, or, or uh, cars that they sent out. And it was like, it was like $400 or some shit per child that you had in your household to support families on food stamps during COVID. And this was government issued, so it wasn't like no scam or no illegal shit. But literally me, and I have what? I have two little brothers, one little sister. We all received these these fucking cards that had $400 for, for food, of course. You can't use it for like anything else for food. But like we had $400 where we could use that. Me, in my head, I was like, bro, I got $400 fucking dollars from the government just for me. Not for my whole family. Each kid got $400 for like for food and shit so i was like bro i ain't gonna lie we're chilling with food right now shit is struggling in in my household but we're chilling i don't need all this surplus of money so bro i kid you not with that 400 i literally spent the whole card going to natural grocers getting healthy nigga food the snacks the the meals all this i literally bought the, the whole card off nigga 400 filled up that cart I went out with my friend Inika and my friend Justice, and we literally were just passing shit out to homeless and like like that. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a mission, it was a vision that came true, bro. I always wanted to do something like that and documenting it so that other people in my like underground scene could try to do the same shit. Like that's I've been wanting to do that for a long time, bro. And I'm gonna do it again for sure. That's crazy. In the video, you didn't I don't you didn't go into depth about where you got the money from, huh? You didn't. I felt like, yes, yeah, I didn't go into depth because I felt like it'd be, like, self-righteous of me to be like, yeah, look at me, I, I you know what I'm saying, I'm, I spent all of this to do, like, I, I, it was just, I wanted it to be straight to the point. I want to give to to the homeless niggas, and I want y'all to do the same, but, like, obviously now, if niggas are watching the interview, they know it was the, it was my P-E-B-T shit, I was like, yo, we don't, we don't need this, so I spent my whole shit, my mom got so mad at me, but, like, at the end of the day, it is what it is, bro. I'm so glad that I got to help some people. I'm so glad that I was making niggas days and niggas was smiling. Like, we fed people, bro. Like, we was giving them so much. Not just, like, a sandwich walking by. Like, we gave these niggas, like, hella, hella shit that they could save to get them, like, on their feet. And it, it was a beautiful feeling. I can't wait to do that again. Damn, bro. That's, that says a lot about you, man. That just kind of made me emotional a little bit. Crazy, making, change. making change it's it's deeper than the money it's deeper than the clout the views the virality like it's it's all about making change i want to save lives it doesn't matter if you're a homeless person it doesn't matter if you're middle class upper class i want to save the world damn bro fuck so i shit got a little nigga cheeked up you know what i'm saying don't cry you feel me no that kind of Damn, bro, it kind of fucked me up a little bit, bro. That's crazy. It's okay to, it's okay to cry, bro. So I have a tattoo on, on the left side of my neck. It says, it's okay to not be okay. So, you good, bro. Because you was describing your situation. How you were like, when you were younger, you were basically kind of like couch. You your, and your family were couch surfing. Like, you were basically homeless type shit. Mm -hmm. That's, damn, bro. That's fucking crazy, man. You're doing that for other people. 
it was like the mentality of like I wish niggas would do this for us. Like I wish there would have been some people that like reached out to us and helped us during that time. So it's like boom. Since since we didn't get that, let me get that to somebody else. Let me like like let me let me bless some niggas and really make their day. And oh, that shit felt that shit felt. Be- I did that during school, dog. We like during my uh my school days. There's like certain classes of the day where I don't have a class and it's just marked as a free period. And like that day I had three hours to where it was a free period. Like I had three hours where I had no classes. So that me and my friends, like during that time, we was like literally like, fuck it, bro. Like let's drive to South Nevada. Let's get all this food. Let's hand it out and then go right back to class and finish our school day, bro. Yeah, that's fire. Some real shit, bro. Shout out to Annika. Shout out to Justice for helping me for that shit, bro. I wouldn't have been able to do it without, the, without them. Shout out to them. Yep. I want to know, what was it about... I don't know if you answered this already, but what was it about X that made him appealing to you? So, I don't have a father type shit. Like, my, my pops is kind of a fuck nigga. He, 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 like, beat my mom. He was just a badass nigga. Um, so I never had a pops, like, ever. Like, like in my life, I never had, like, that male figure. Even my stepdad, when he was around, I was, like, so short. And that it, did, it just didn't have that connection. But with X, he just, he was my favorite artist. I remember, like, clinging onto him because it was, like, damn, this is, like, a father figure to me. He, he was preaching positive shit. He was, like, you know what I'm saying? He, he taught me more about being like a man or being the person I am now than anybody else in my life. Respectfully, of course, like more than my mom, more than anyone else in my family. I didn't have that, that father figure. So X was that for me. And then when he passed on my birthday, that just made it all the more like valuable. I I cried my fucking soul out, but it like, it, it turned that gear on in my head where I was like, bro, he was that for me. Now let me be that for the world. Let me be that figure for someone else. Like, let me continue the cycle. Because if I don't do it, who will? Damn, bro. That's... Man, because I didn't grow up with a... Uh... My dad wasn't there either. And it's cool that, you know, X was like that. Um, He could be mm-hmm. that figure to people. And it was cool. it's cool that people were able to find him and choose him to be that figure. Because, like... For some people, it ain't like that, yo. Like, for me, like, it, uh, I just look towards people who wasn't, older people who weren't really, like, just, oh, fuck, just bad influences, you know what I'm saying? Like, whether they were in the graffiti scene, because I was big in the graffiti, like, motherfuckers just, I don't know, just being 14, hanging out, hanging around people, like, 20-something is not a good environment for somebody like that, you know, somebody impressionable, like, that shit is horrible. So, it's cool that you were able to find that. You know? I'm 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 very blessed and fortunate to have been able to find that as well because I know it's it's normal, bro. Trauma is a repetitive cycle. So when you're traumatized from something like that, you fall victim to, like you said, the things that you were falling victim to, and and it's it's something that you weren't aware of, but you were. It, it was like you were gonna repeat that cycle, but something must have stopped you. Something must have like pulled you back to be like, nah, bro, like, like, like there, there's something better out there because obviously now you're doing interviews and now you're a creator and trying to like be an entrepreneur and do your own business and shit. So like, I applaud that. That's honorable activity to me. That puts you as like a main character at nigga in my books. <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. 
I want to know what's up with the um. You feel me that you got the the infamous band aid on the cheek. I feel like that's like your signature look. So how how did that come about? Yo, I got the band aid on my cheek as we speak, nigga. Viral, <laughs> but um. So like, okay, I honestly the first time I wore it, right? I was hella okay. So do you know who uh, Lisa Left Eye is? It's totally yep. okay if you don't. From TLC, yeah. Yup, TLC. Oh. Bro, they also they also beautiful. I ain't gonna lie, but regardless, <laughs> regardless, right? Lisa Left Eye is someone that inspired me hellas as well. Um, X was like a masculine figure to me, whereas Lisa Left Eye was like a really big feminine figure to me. You feel what I'm saying? She just taught me a lot of like knowledge, a lot of insight, a lot of cool shit, and I really, really applaud like the person that she was becoming before her like, you know, what I'm saying, a- eventual demise, which was just heartbreaking and sad and all types of shit. But me wearing the bandaid initially, I did it for like one day because at, at my school, it was like a throwback day for like a, you know what I'm saying? Like just school participation shit. And I wore the bandaid for Lisa Left Eye. Um, Cause you know what I'm saying? I, I'm a big fan of like what she is and what she's about. And then that same day I made, um, I made some of my TikToks that, that changed my life forever. That, that, that made me go viral with the bandaid. So like, you know what I'm saying? Bro, in the in the video that like my biggest video, I was wearing the Tupac shirt with that band-aid because it was the throwback day at school. So like and and that's what made me viral. So like I when I got all that feedback and shit and niggas was like, what the fuck is with the band-aid? Whatever, whatever. It just kind of became like my thing. Cause I was like, bro, like not only can I honor Lisa Left Eye like every day doing this shit, but like I went viral with this. Like it's it's such a fucking legendary, like random moment. Like, why not continue to push that? Like, it's just, like, a cool little, like... Like, it's obviously... There's days where I don't wear the Band-Aid, but, like, like niggas know me off of that, and that's just, like, some cool, like... That's some cool shit. I, I like to associate it with, with Lisa Left Eye. And, like, I like to enlighten niggas on that. All right, that's dope. That's a little Easter egg there for everybody listening. That's the Young MC Easter egg. Ah! <laughs> uh, is your song... Wake up! That is that one of your most used songs on SoundCloud. Yes, bro. That is that's the song that that's really the song that uh started it all before my TikTok era, bro. Like that that song blew up before I even got on TikTok. Um, before TikTok, I think it got like fifty k or some shit like that, and it was it it just went crazy. I made that my freshman year of high school, and now I'm a senior. Um, so yeah, that's that's my biggest song. I hate that song now because it, it's just so like. I make better now, but I do like um, the fact that it did. I like what it did for me. You feel me? Like it's still one of my top stream songs every week, every month. Did you expect that song to do that good? I expected it to get positive feedback, but definitely not to that, to that scale. I remember writing that song and, and really going try hard on it. Kind of like how I did with still scamming. And I was like, bro, I want to make this the perfect song. Like, like, this is just a, a fucking W beat. I want to make this a perfect song. And and I wanted, like, the positive feedback from it, but it just, like, I don't know. It, like, hit the SoundCloud algorithm or some shit, and it just, like, hell and they started listening to it. And that's where I gained my initial fan base is from that song. And then when I promoted it on TikTok, it blew up again. So it's, like, you know, it, it's very interesting that that's one of my uh, most streamed songs every single month, like, without failure for the last, like, three years. Um, but it's definitely not a song I like performing. I've performed it too many times. Like, 
I just want to perform some other shit now, bro. What was the inspiration behind that song? Waking niggas up. The beginning of the song <laughs> is me being like, like talking about how niggas asleep and how I want to wake them up to to me and who I am. And that's exactly what it did. It, it, it It's kind of like manifestation at its finest. Just waking niggas up to who I am, bro. I kind of want to ask you this question. Would you ever sign to a label in the future? Honestly, I would. But it would have to be something that's not a slavery-ass deal. It, it would have to be like a partnership as opposed to me signing off to a label. It would be like a partnership of, you know what I'm saying, y'all can get a little bit of profit because I don't care about money. Y'all just got to help me promote my shit so I can get out there so I can change the world. And like, as long as it's, as long as I can, you know what I'm saying, read the room and my intuition tells me that it's like honorable and it's something that's that's real, um, I'm, I'm definitely down. I'm not a nigga that's like anti-record label unless it's, some slavery ass shit which I know you know about yeah yeah I think you kind of spoke up about that a little bit on your Instagram live I think it was last night I think and basically mm-hmm. you were saying like how a lot of the times this happens in the underground like an underground artist gets a buzz and then they sign to a mainstream label and then all of a sudden their music get dumbed down to appeal to like the masses type shit yep. and that's that's the slavery deal because these deals, what niggas don't tell you, because I, I have like like friends of mine that are in deals and they've told me this. They just can't like express it publicly because like obviously they're gonna get fucked up and their contract's gonna get fucked and all that types of shit. But their label will literally tell them, like, okay, this new song that you're dropping or this new album that you're dropping, which is all scripted, you have to drop a certain amount of songs per year, a certain amount of albums, and it's forced. But they'll be like, bro, for this project, for example. You need to make each song of this three minutes for radio-friendly appeal. They each need to be clean, or you need to drop a clean version of them for radio appeal. And then you need to literally have certain beat pauses and certain, like, phrases that can blow up on TikTok. Like, saying shit like, like, corny shit, like, fucking, what's, like, some corny TikTok shit? Like, like saying, like, dance moves, like, being like, turn around, hit it up. Fucking some dumb shit like that. Like labels will tell you to say that for radio appeal, and it's like at that point you're not a creator. You're a content producer. Like you're just produce. You're a slave. I'm not yeah. fucking with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you a vessel for somebody else's message, basically. Not even a message, just for money. You're basically just a bot to make that label and yourself money. There's no like soul in that. That shit is wild. <laughs> I seen that. Oh, go ahead. I, oh, I was just gonna say like a quick point. That to me, that's no different than working a nine to five. You're clocking in to that studio like, all right, bro, I gotta make a certain length of the song. I'm required to say this, bro. On a fucking bro, a label has tried to sign me before, and you know what's crazy? On the contract, it literally said, "Make a public appearance of you donating ten thousand uh, it was like ten thousand or fifteen thousand of like their money. Make a public appearance of you donating ten thousand or some shit at least two times a year. What the fuck, and, bro? I don't I don't give a fuck if them niggas like hear this shit in the future or what. But I did not sign because of that shady shit. Like, there's no way I'm gonna fake a personality and and, and do shit like that. Scripted dumb shit like that for 
for like monetary gain. That's fucked up. I'm good off that. It's good. We we ain't saying their name. Nobody don't know who it is. I seen a tweet from you that said, "Uh, when I die, bury me in the studio so I can make music from the grave." <laughs> like, <laughs> awesome real shit. Like, what do you, from your perspective, what do you think death is like? Mm, like what we was talking about earlier, I. I don't know. I really feel like a part of me low-key believes in like that blackness shit at the end of it, but not in like the, the way that an atheist would believe it. I believe in death is like, it's going to be like some black shit, but it's like the most peaceful feeling in the world because like you're just at like, it's pure peace after that. Like you're not experiencing that blackness like, oh no, I'm in blackness for the rest of my life. You don't even have a fucking conscious brain to wrap your head around that. You're just experiencing, like, in the infinite abundance of the universe. But, like, I believe in that a little bit and then also the reincarnation, reincarnation shit. So either route that goes, for me, I'm with it both, to be honest. Okay. So what, what do you think is, like, the scariest thing about death, if that makes sense? Mm, okay. This is a good segment. The scariest thing about death, bro, is the fact that it can happen at any moment and that the people that are closest to you are going to be, like, really, really affected from it. There was a student at my school that just passed away recently that I wanted to give honor to real quick. Um, Rest in peace to Dandy. He literally just passed away from a car accident, and I was just in the car with him, like, last week. So like you said, the scariest thing about de- about death, bro, is just it happens at an instant. You don't expect it. And after that, just the families and the friends, they're all mourning. Like that's like the worst part about it is it's just there's no positive way to go. And like someone is going to be hurt and it's going to be random and you're not going to expect it. Yeah. Rest in peace, bro. That's sad. Yeah, bro. Rest in peace to Danny, bro. I think, to me, this one of the scariest things to me is like a... Because, you know, I, w- I would like to say I have, you know, uh, I know, even though I don't know, but I would like to say that I know what's going to happen after death. Like, it's going to be an afterlife or whatever the case may be. I just know mm-hmm. there's something after this. It's just that the scariest thing to me is that I don't know what that looks like. That's what scares me. I don't know what it looks like. You know? I don't know. Uh- Humans fear what they don't understand and what they don't know. That's like, that's some normal shit. So all of us could preach about knowing, knowing this about death. And I, I think it's going to be like this, I, but ultimately none of us know. So that's like this, the, that's really the scariest part is we can theorize and, and think whatever we want. But when we die, that's when we find out and we can't come back to tell them what it's about. Like it, that's it. It's, it's life's biggest mystery. Mm-hmm. I see a tweet from you that said, um, I had a dream about the end of the world happening while I was in class and that shit was traumatic. Thank God it was a dream. Shit was disturbing. Could you elaborate like on what you saw? Oh, fuck. That brought me back. I think that might've been 2020 or 2021 or some shit. I don't even know. I know it was a while ago. I think I fell asleep in class and bro, cause that was so long ago. I don't remember everything fully, but I do remember a dream like that traumatizing the fuck out of me and just like 
waking up to like my, like my classmates just like laughing and shit like oh Moses you were asleep wake up but it like it fucked me up for like the rest of the week because it was like I don't remember what I saw fuck I wish I could I wish I could have remembered because I would have been able to tell you but it was just I just remember it being hella scary and it wasn't a type of end of the world where it's like instant like everyone just falls asleep and we die it was like some fucking wild shit like volcano eruptions goddamn asteroids colliding with earth like chaos essentially like like peak chaos and just everything ending like that and then i thought that was real like my dream felt real as fuck so when i woke up it was like yo did i die did all of us die and this is the afterlife so like you feel me that I remember thinking that like when I woke up like all these niggas laughing and shit like what if we all just died in this now that I know it's a dream of course I thought that was reality and we all just fucking died and this is the afterlife or we all just reincarnated but then it took me a week to kind of like you know what I'm saying unwind and be like all right bro I fell in class I fell asleep in class I had a crazy fucking dream and and that was that yeah dreams can be man I remember. Bro, I remember I had a fucked up dream, bro. Like, um, I'm not going to get too into detail about, you know, what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I was having a dream to where... Have you ever had a dream to where it's like multiple dreams in one night type shit? Yes, it's like multidimensional. Yeah, so I was like, I was having these dreams. It was three dreams to where like, they all felt like a test type shit. Like, I was being tested and I was passing each fucking test. Like... Mm-hmm. But then towards the end, the very last dream I had, I don't know what the fuck happened. There was another test. I thought I passed the test. And all of a sudden, I remember just being instantly fucking teleported into complete fucking darkness. This is going back to what I was telling you. I'm going to have something to talk about, about the darkness situation. And Mm -hmm. I was just in darkness. I don't remember having a body. Like, I didn't have any legs or fucking arms or anything like that. I was sad, but I didn't feel like tears going down my face. It was like, I just felt sadness and I was in complete darkness. And I heard just the evilest fucking voice, bro, come out of nowhere and tell me like, basically, is it beautiful here? Do you like it here? This is where everybody ends up that follows me type shit. Isn't it beautiful here? That's what this voice is telling me in the most evil fucking voice possible. And I don't know what the fuck that voice was. I don't know if that was supposed to be a, I don't, I don't want to say demon, but a demon or like a fucking negative entity or Satan. I don't know yep. what the fuck that was. But then the shit starts telling me like about, like shit about like our fucking, like what's going on. Like one of the things it told me was like about like money. And it told me like the money that we use, like we're not supposed to even supposed to be using it type shit. Like this shit has like, Basically, without getting too deep, this the money that we use, specifically American the American dollar, it's like mm-hmm. basically a ritual happens on the money before we get it type shit. Like, we ain't supposed mm-hmm. to be using this. Like, that's why they say money is the root to all evil. And then for yep. everybody listening, if you look into how this shit was created, like in terms of, um, I think it's called Jekyll Island, to where some of the biggest fucking banks came, some of the biggest, like, I guess, I think JP Morgan was one of them. Some of the biggest mm-hmm. bankers all came together on the island and they basically decided on how they was going to run the American dollar. Do research on that and do research on that island and you're going to find out some fucking spooky, scary ass shit. 
And this is before I even knew about any of this shit. I started looking it up. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I say all that to say, or I say, all that, I say all that to ask, what do you think dreams are, bro? Like, what do you think this is? That dream that you had was like crazy. Just, just like give you my reaction off that. That's like definitely some like deeper conscious, like that's some, that's the type of shit you need to like write down so you can remember for later type shit. But what I think dreams are, honestly, is like advice. I think it's like advice capsules that are granted to us from whomever you believe. If you believe in God, it's from God. If you believe in the universe, it's from the universe. If you believe we are the gods, then it's just from our higher self, essentially. It's like messages to us that are like warning us of certain things. It's trying to give us advice on certain things. It's trying to give us knowledge on certain things. But then obviously some dreams are just random as fuck. So I feel like some dreams are also just unveiling a part of your subconscious. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's an interesting ass phenomenon that we literally close our eyes and enter a different realm and then hop back into this bitch. Yeah, that shit. And like one thing that trips me out, like I'd be wondering, bro, like, you know, you know how it'd be like dream, random dream characters in your dream, right? Like, yep. I be wondering, like, when I wake up, do they still be living a life type shit? Like, do they still be going on? Like, I don't know. Because they be super animated when I'm asleep. I wonder if they be still be animated when I wake up type shit. Mm-hmm. And they, they say that, like, everyone that you see in your dreams is someone that you've seen, uh, like, in your life at one point or another. Whether they were in a movie, whether they were walking past you in the street. Whether there was a, a car driving next to you, everyone in your dream is someone that you've seen in real life at one point. So that that kind of like folds into it. Like, what if them niggas were dreaming the same dream as you? Man. That shit is wild. It get deep. It get deep. Man, that shit wild, bro. Um, this is the Obscure Image Podcast, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, for everybody listening, uh, we still, this is almost the end of the podcast. We almost done. Thank you guys for still listening and Rocking with me and MC, man, we finna, we almost done with this shit, man. Thank you for listening. Um, one thing I want to ask you, bro. How did how did the song and music video for God Mode featuring Cole Pierce come about? Yeah, bro. God Mode is one of my favorite songs I've ever wrote too, because it was just me being lyrical and shit. Um, it was the summer of twenty. I don't know if it was twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Um. But I honestly just, like, I, I feel like I had something to prove to people. I, I was getting a lot of, like, comments and, and people telling me, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, you're a good artist, but, like, like they were just kind of questioning, like, my lyricism. Like, me as, like, a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Because I make screamo. I'm, I sing. I do a lot of shit. But not all of those have, like, top, like, lyricism or anything. Because I don't consider myself, like, a lyrical rapper, like a boom-bap-ass nigga. But... Like, niggas was just questioning, like, my shit, and they were calling me, like, a mumble rapper and all types of crazy shit. So I was like, yo, I'm going to, like, reaffirm myself and, like, just show these niggas I can do anything. I can make a scream song that sounds lit, a sing song that sounds lit, and I can make a fucking lyrical song that sounds lit. So that was just me trying to prove a point. I found an Anderson pack ass beat while I was on my shift at the spa. I literally wrote that entire verse, like, on my shift at the spa. Um, while niggas were in the sensory deprivation tanks. And then I was like, yo, who's the hardest lyrical nigga that I know in, in my area? And Cole 
Cole is a Colorado artist and he's like one of my favorite Colorado artists because he just makes divine shit. Shout out Cole Pierce. Um, but just, yeah, just, I just had a vision of like, let's, let's prove to these niggas like Colorado has lyricism. Like we have actual talent. It's not just about niggas rapping about drugs and hype shit. Like we, like we could do anything. And that that's what that song like really conveyed. And the music video was like done for free, dog. The person that shot that, shout out to him, bro. He, I think is I think he goes by like nine DM or some shit like that. I don't remember entirely because we lost contact, but he did that music video for us for free because he just really fucked with both of us and, and fucked with the song. So like it was one of those divine alignment moments for show, and I'm I'm glad that we was able to make that. If you like re-listen back to that song, there's so many punchlines and bars, and for all the lyrical old head ass niggas, of course, like there's so many like good shit in there for 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 them to tap into for show. Yeah, one of the bars I heard, it was, uh, what the fuck did you say? You said, uh, what did you say? You said, uh, I'm sipping kombucha, not sipping no fago. Sheep niggas do what the media say. So I said, oh shit, this nigga just spit some shit, man. So yeah. I, I said that to ask, what, like, what's like your go-to? Cause I drink kombucha too. Like I love kombucha. What's like uh-huh. your go-to flavor of kombucha? Nigga, oh my god, yo, he, he's a fellow kombucha taste, bro. Kombucha is such a fucking acquired taste. It's so funny, but honestly, the pineapple or the mango. So any any of the bottles that's yellow, I'm with that. <laughs> any of the bottles that's yellow, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with that shit. See now, this next question, I kind of want to, uh, I kind of want to stir the pot a little bit. You feel what I'm saying? Say that. In terms of like the media, what do you think is the most disgusting thing they do? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Off the top of my head, I think the most disgusting slash disturbing fuckery, dishonorable shit that the media does is the constant promotion of negative bullshit. I don't know if you got Snapchat, I don't know if you got IG, or if you watch the news or anything like that, but any news outlet, if you look on Snapchat or, or IG or the news at all, period, any news outlet, they only, only promote negative bullshit because it, it sucks, but that's what appeals to humans. Like, we aspire to see fucking hate and bullshit. Like, I don't know why, but we're, like, trained because of the media to, you know what I'm saying, dive into that shit. And it's gotten to the point where the media pushes this agenda of, like, let's make fun of Kanye West, for example. Let's make fun of Kim K., it, like niggas make fun of them because the media is pressing all this negative bullshit. It's t- it's basically like programming all of our subconscious to just hate each other to where niggas are now like niggas like me and you, obviously not niggas like me and you, but just regular human ad niggas is spending hours talking bad about someone like Kanye or Kim K. Hours, my nigga, wasting their life away talking down on another person because the media is projecting that bullshit for them to do so it's pushing negative dumb nigga shit when they could also be posting positive shit that's 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 me though i'm curious to what you think uh the most disgusting thing that they do is honestly probably the fucking satanic shit to be honest like Mm -hmm. just promoting weird just just weird shit bro like shit that's not even shock value at this point it's just like they just doing it to do it like this ain't shock value bro like we ain't shocked we just kind of just weirded out at this point like 
I say the satanic shit, the shit like also um subconsciously putting shit in people's brains without them knowing. That's pretty yep. fucking disgusting to me. Um, I think those are the main two, and then the thing you said. So those are the three things, really. And they they make profit off of it all, dog. That's that's the, that's what's even more fucked up. So do you think that there is a way to? <sighs> Again, do you think there is a way to possibly change it or fix it or? Of course, of course. If like I said, we need niggas in power to say fuck that shit. We need niggas like Cardi, like goddamn Yeet, <laughs> fucking Ken Carson. We need big name niggas to all be like, yo, fuck the media, fuck that negative satanic shit. We on positive shit. If if fucking ten celebrities said that, like like household names said that. Everybody's gonna like mutually slowly just be like, all right, bro, fuck that shit. It's crazy. If the president himself said fuck the media, no one's listening. But if 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 not Kanye, nobody. Yeah, never mind. That's not that's not a real. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> if if someone like um who's like a respectable nigga, if somebody like goddamn Taylor Swift was like, yo, fuck the media, we're not with that shit. Let's be positive. Man. Then like she has a whole group of of niggas that are gonna follow her, bro. Like that are gonna be like, you know what? If Taylor Swift said it, like let's follow that. And I want to be that. I want to become one of those household names that that I can I can you know what I'm saying make it cool to not dive into that. I don't like all these celebrities that are telling you to watch the news. There are certain people that are telling you to watch the news and. And, and and dive into that. Hell no, bro. That's that's toxic, bro. I'm not with that. We need niggas to say fuck that. That's it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna leave an Instagram page linked below this interview. It's called um, Good News Movement, and they only promote positive shit, like shit that brings a smile to your face. So I'm gonna leave that. I'm probably gonna send it to you as well. Super cool Instagram page, man. Good News Movement. Shout out to them. I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that on, on uh, my Snapchat. So that's that's some real shit. If you could send it to that, be lovely. Yeah, they, they're fucking lit. Okay, so I kind of want to send you... Okay, so I'm, I'm going to send you a, another picture. And I want you to not only let the audience know what it is, but let us know what's the first thing that pops into your head when you think of this picture, when you see this picture. All right, bet, bro. Right. Yo, this nigga be scared. Fuck. <laughs> no, why everybody think I'm going to send some crazy... I'd never do no shit like that. But yeah, I sent it to your Instagram. Everybody says that, yo. They be scared. Oh my God, yo, this nigga cringy. <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, okay, bro. So the picture is just me... When I was in eighth grade, dog. In the school library, with my fake off-white belt in my goddamn forces, my yellow and white Air Forces with a red jacket on and tan pants. Oh, my God. With a fucking afro. Yo, my first reaction to this is, like, bro, I really thought I was that nigga in that picture. You can tell how I'm posed up. I really thought I was Hemi Neutron, bro. I was not I was not swagged out. LP. Oh, shit. Hey, bro, bro, say he was looking fly in that picture, though. He said, Hemi Neutron, huh? 
I thought I was him Burton, my nigga. I thought I was him Carey, bro. I was n- <laughs> little ass nigga, bro, with a fake off white belt and all types of shit, bro. Bro had the confidence though, so fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bro, I was still rapping at the time, so it was it was a historical era, really? but I can never that picture. Like niggas is always gonna bring that picture up. That's funny. You was you was rapping at that time? Yeah, bro. I've been rapping since seventh grade. Oh, you like did like post. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. So off the top of your head, what do you know? What song you released around the time of that picture? Yep, <laughs> bro. Around that time of the picture, bro. Remember that song I was telling you about earlier in the interview, "Killing Like a Tachi," which you it, uh-huh. you I up when you said um, like, do you like some of your old shit? Like, I have a whole EP called "Main Chick," the summer EP, and I made it around that time. And that song, "Feeling Like a Tachi." Which is one of my biggest songs. It blew up on TikTok. I made around that time, bro. That cringy ass era. Oh wow, that's that's fucking lit, bro. I didn't know. Wow, I didn't know that picture was from that time. It's funny, bro. In eighth grade, around that time, I used to wear a fucking. I used to think I was that nigga. I used to wear a red contact to school, like like a, a colored contact, and I'd have one red eye and then one brown eye, and I was like, ah, I'm that nigga. No, I was not, bro. <laughs> bro. So one of the first songs I heard from you, like your personal, because I heard a lot of songs that had you on it, but I think the very mm-hmm. first song that I heard that was your song was You Mad featuring Kid X. Damn, I made You Mad so long ago. So You Mad was actually a throwaway song of mine that I made, and it wasn't it, it wasn't supposed to have anyone else on it, but it was a throwaway song I made and I honestly didn't like how it sounded at first. But then I got really into Kid X. Kid X became like one of my like favorite artists because he had an unorthodox um, scream flow, which is like a common theme. I, I really just like unorthodox music. Um, but yeah, I got in, in, in tune with him and I was like, bro, because I'm pretty sure he, I don't remember, I'm pretty sure he did do the feat for, for like really discounted kind of price because he liked my music. And because his friends followed me. He didn't follow me at the time, but his friends did. So he was like, yo, I'll literally do this for like hella cheap. And he did it. So I was like, bro, I just wonder what it's going to be like to have Kid X like on one of my songs. So I sent him that throwaway. And just like after hearing his verse, like as an ensemble with mine, I ended up really thoroughly liking the song. And that's one of my songs that um like 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 blew up on TikTok as well. So that's like a classic MC. Like I love that song. Okay, okay. Shout out to Kid X. Shout out to Kid X. Um, okay, so the song What You Gonna Do, was that like the first song that, because that's like the first song that I could find on your SoundCloud. Was that your first song after the diss tracks or? Uh, no, so I had I have so much music that I dropped in seventh grade and shit on my SoundCloud, but I took them all down. So what you gonna do is just like, Cause there was like a point in my in my life, like maybe a couple years ago, where I was just privating a lot of my old songs that I like that I just really didn't want niggas to hear anymore, and I I, I privated everything up to what you gonna do. And when I don't know if you listen to that one, but if anyone listened to what you gonna do, it's not a terrible song, but like you know what I'm saying, like you could see where the vision started from that. So like I didn't private that one, I didn't delete that one, cause that one was like the first one where I started getting decent at music, in my opinion, like 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 a little nice. And that was the first song 
in um that's like i made that in eighth grade when i had the afro but that was like early eighth grade like when i just started eighth grade i made that song um that was the first song that people um accustomed to me being an artist as opposed to like a diss track youtuber and then it, it, it got like 10k when i like was in middle school still so i was like oh like i could really do this music shit and like the reason why i say that song is so historic bro is while i recorded that i was living in um like i had to share a bedroom with my brother and his name is tutu tensei he's an awesome artist shout out to him um i was sharing a room with him at the time and i recorded that in a low ass voice like like weak monotone ass voice and i remember him giving me the advice he was like bro like raise your vocals a little bit like add some oomph to your voice so i did and it, it wasn't as bad as i do now like like now i like be screaming in every song type shit but he told me to add oomph in my voice on that song and then it sounded good and niggas liked it and then from that point i just added more and more and that literally like dictated the sound of my music like like even now adding that oomph like shout out to uh tutu tensei for for telling me that we're almost I know it's getting super late we're almost done with the interview bro I know you got school tomorrow what it's it's like 12 o'clock for you right yeah bro nigga like me got school tomorrow fuck I'm not sorry about that bro we almost no you're totally you're totally chilling bro we bro viral nigga like this is my <laughs> dreams I'm, I'm having a blast okay we got like eight more questions left bro beautiful um, let's crack them out okay so I want to know how how did the song "Broke Point Anthem" come about? I made that my freshman year of high school. It was my first song going into high school. I just wanted to show niggas, yo, I'm a rapper in the school. Fuck with me, like that was like like me trying to like prove myself to the new high school I was going to. Okay. So and it was just funny. Like I, I just thought niggas would like enjoy the fact that I was just being brutally honest and talking about me being broke as fuck on that song, and then. Yep. So I was scrolling through your Twitter and I seen that you're you're a pretty big fan of uh, Inuyasha, and um, yep. I seen a tweet that said Young MC finna make an anime on y'all. So what would you consider that like in the future for real making an anime? Yes, to this day I was just talking to my girl about that like a few days ago. Um, yes, I definitely want to make an anime. I'm so into everything art, so I want to make anime, I want to act, I want to do all of that. I want to be in movies, hell yeah, bro. It wouldn't be an anime like The Life of Young MC, like some corny shit. I'd like make a whole new story, whole new characters, and it would it'd be beautiful. Like my goal is to make an anime that makes niggas want to cry their fucking soul out, but in a good way. So I'm going to do that. Yep, yep, the same here. Do you have like a top five anime? True, I'm glad you asked, dog. All right, bro. Top five niggas, bro. Niggas can suck my dick if they think this is this is a crazy <laughs> list. Number one, I'm gonna say One Piece. I ain't gonna lie, One Piece is fucking legendary. Two, I'm gonna say um, Neon Genesis, fucking beautiful. My my girl put me onto that. Shout out Giselle, she put me onto that, bro. Like I love that anime. Three, Erased. Four, I gotta say Naruto, and then five. It's hard as fuck, but I. I think I'm gonna say, fuck that shit is hard as hell. Um, I'll just say Promise Neverland because that shit was beautiful. Okay, so you have a pretty like that was an okay list. I feel like that list wasn't 
people are gonna shut on my list. I have a weird list. Like, uh, I don't know. My list. People don't consider this anime, but number one is Yu-Gi-Oh. I fucking love. Oh my god, Yu-Gi-Oh is my childhood. Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Death Note. Parasite. Ah oh, fuck. I really like this anime called Cells at Work. That's a super dope anime. Talk about the cells in the body and shit. So that's number four. Uh, and number five, I ain't even gonna lie. It always fluctuates between... There's some shit called Beastars, which is like a newer anime. That's super dope. Or Seven mm-hmm. Deadly Sins. Even though people say that's like a ripoff of fairy tale. But I, I really fuck with Seven Deadly Sins. Hype shit. No, I, I can already see your taste based off of like the ones that you... You said Death Note was fucking peak, peak fiction, bro. Like, that's like a perfect starter anime. What else did you say that was gas? You said, um... Parasite. Parasite, I haven't seen it, but I, I've heard that it's fucking gorgeous. Have you seen Banana Fish, bro? No, I've never seen that. Beautiful anime. I'm definitely replacing that with with my last five uh, one for Promise Neverland. Banana Fish is definitely elite anime. You gonna cry, but... Nah, your, your list is valid as fuck, bro. Banana fish. I'm about to put that on my list right now. Banana fish. All right. It's a short anime, like 20 episodes, 24 episodes. Bro, it's sad as fuck. Okay. Yeah, Parasite is it's kind of like, I guess like Paras- Parasite's pretty, um, it's not that long and it's really fucking sad, but it's really good too. Oh shit, bet. I'm gonna have to watch it, bro. I'm adding that right now. And I have another tweet from you. It says, he who thinks to illuminate the whole range of mental action by the light of his own consciousness is not unlike the one who should go about to illuminate the universe with a rushlight. And now I had a pretty hard time trying to like decipher this tweet. Could you elaborate that? Sound like some deep shit. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, dog. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I I, I think I was just chatting, dog. <laughs> I was trying to decipher it as he was saying it. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying with that one, bro. I'm not gonna lie. He was saying some shit, man. I was like, what the I fuck? Was saying some shit. Future MC could not fathom what I was saying back then. That's crazy. Man, he who thinks to illuminate the whole range of mental action by the light of his own consciousness is not unlike the one who should go about to illuminate the universe with a rushlight. That's that's what that tweet says. Maybe maybe it's like a a fucking bougie way of saying like you change your mind and you can change the fucking universe. Like you change yourself and you could change the world. If you want to change the world, it starts by yourself. That's what it kind of like rings to me, but I was chatting shit. That's wild. <laughs> um I know you were kind of talking about doing shows. How often are you doing shows? I stopped. I stopped. What what made you yep. stop? Um, what's it called? I took, yo, bro, I can't even keep track of how how much I did that. I probably took it maybe over 300 times. Like, I, I did that so many times. But um, I didn't stop for any bad reason. I didn't, like, dislike him or anything. But, you know, when people do anything, like any drug, even if you drink, when people do any drug, this um, dissociation or depersonalization disorder comes with that. And I was just having a really hard time with like dissociating and, and having like suicidal ideation because of me dissociating. So I was like, yo, this is something that only happened after I started doing that. So like, I- I'm gonna just chill for the time being. You feel me? Like I might do it a little bit in the future. I might dab, we'll do some little microdoses or some shit, but 
I'm not gonna be like a like a heavy nigga like I was before. Like I used to do it like every week, like constantly, constantly. But just I just don't like dissociating. So just I just stopped, and I, I definitely do feel better. I haven't dissociated in a long time. Okay, that that is very interesting because I said uh, I was talking about like doing shows. Oh, you said shows. I thought you I thought you said shrooms, but. Okay, my fault, dog. No, that's good. That was a good little tip. That was a little, you know what I'm saying, a little Easter egg shit. I didn't even know that. I didn't find that in my research. So. That's a little that's a little Easter egg, my nigga. Now now y'all know. But Man. young MC completely sober. I don't do anything like that no more. That's but good. yeah, as far as shows, I just did a show in January. It went really good. That was my best show thus far. Um shit. I don't have any plans on doing shows anytime soon unless somebody books me. Cause I'm 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 still in school, so like if someone books me, I will gladly skip school at this point in my life right now. Cause I'm, like I'm I'm almost done. Like I'm I've I've straight A's. I'm a good student, so it's like, just book me and I'm with it. Okay, what what is like your favorite part about doing shows? Uh, favorite part about doing shows is when the audience knows the song. When they know the song, that's like the most like beautiful feeling in the world. Um, cause it it it, it um I don't know. Like the process of starting it as a thought in my head and then transcribing that onto paper and then transcribing that onto a mic, editing it, all that just to perform it and niggas know it by heart. That's like a beautiful feeling. It, it's like validating the fact that what I'm doing is working and it means something like it's it's doing something. So. Okay. These are the last two questions before I get into my 33 question segment of the podcast. Where do you see yourself in the underground scene in five years? Ah, where do I see myself in the underground? I see myself as an underground legend. So I don't even want to be a mainstream nigga, to be honest. I don't want to be like on Lil Uzi Vert level. I don't want to be on X level like how he was when he was here. I want to be an underground legend nigga, kind of like um, kind of like DC to Don or like NASCAR Allo or BK to Rula. I want to be at that point to where. You know what I'm saying? I'm just creating art every day, and I'm also getting paid off of it. I don't have to work anymore, and I'm changing the world. People are now listening to what I'm saying because I have the blue check or I have X amount of followers and shit like that. So just, yeah, underground legend. Okay. And where do you see the underground scene in five years? Mm, I see them sounding like me. <laughs> see them sounding like me. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. Yeah. So if you could change anything about the underground scene, what would you change? Mm, the clones. A lot of times these new sounds people will make, someone like Young Chris or someone like Yeet or someone like Baby Santana, these artists will make a new sound that sounds so good, but people ruin it by making clone copies of it and, and trying to redistribute it and call it art. Like you make, you got to just make what's authentic to you. You shouldn't look up a Yeet type beat and then be like, "Let, all right, how can I rap like Yeet? Like, no, you shouldn't look up a, a young Chris type beat and be like, how can I rap like him? Maybe find a, a young Chris type beat and then make a singing song to it. Like, like do something different, bro. I just want niggas to be different and, and just the fresh new sound like 2016. Okay, that was a good answer. Okay, so for everybody listening, this is the very end of the podcast called 33 questions where i ask the guests 33 random questions and they have to answer it as truthfully and as quickly as possible are you ready mc beautiful i'm ready let's get it okay, okay. 
Question number one. What's your least favorite meal to eat? Uh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, anything cold. Like cereal, fuck that shit. Hypothetically speaking, if you were to go to college, what's something that you think you would be potentially interested in? Mm, psychology. Do you dislike any of your teachers? Yes. What anime have you seen that you would not want to be in? I would not want to be in... Um, assassination Classroom. Scary ass shit. Oh, oh that's, a, that's another good one. What the hell? I forgot about that. <laughs> if you had an open wound, what would you rather attempt to disinfect it with? Salt or vodka? Vodka. Salt is going to be crazy. <laughs> if you could perform with four artists on stage, who would you choose? Four artists. Fuck. Oh, shit. Um, X, if he was alive. Your stepdad. Frank Ocean. And Jace. Without saying any names, do you have a friend that you feel like you can tell them anything? Yes. Name three pet peeves. Negative, negative people, gossiping ass niggas, and dishonorable activity. Death before dishonor, bro. If you're sad, what movie or show would you watch to laugh? I'm watching One Piece. Hypothetically speaking, if you had to fight one of these characters, who are you choosing? Vegeta or Saitama from One Punch Man? I'm whooping the fuck out of Vegeta. <laughs> What's... <laughs> What scares you more, being trapped where you can't get out or drowning? Drowning. I can't would, swim. Would you rather be a shoe or a sock? What the fuck? Yo, I'd rather be a, I don't know, a shoe. I don't want to touch bare nigga feet. <laughs> Bruh, what's something that makes you happy? Uh, My girlfriend. Would you rather be a TV or a Wi-Fi box? A Wi-Fi box. Niggas can't watch me. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Bruh. If, <laughs> if you could be in any movie with any actor or actress, who would you choose? Uh, Jaden Smith. What's your favorite color? Purple. If you were stuck to living in one country, what country would you choose? Iceland Would you rather be a genius but lonely Or a moron with friend, with many friends A moron with many friends Favorite horror movie Saw Oh yeah that's What the fuck That's my favorite horror all movie too All of them yes they're so good If you had to choose are you, eating, are you eating popcorn at the movie theater Or nachos Popcorn Cheese is fucking gross What's the last movie you've seen in theaters? Ah, shit. I don't really go to the theaters. Fuck. Uh, last time I remember going to the theaters, we watched goddamn that one horror movie, Smile. Yeah. Okay. What's a game that you would like to see get a movie or a show? Damn, 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 damn. Uh, Dishonored, the assassination video game. That's just gas. How many times did you get angry this week? Maybe like once. Do you think love is stronger than fear? Of course. 
How many times do you poop a day? <laughs> like three, like two. No, never mind, two. If you were a bird, what bird would you be? Motherfucking hawk. I got laser vision. I can watch you bitch and niggas. <laughs> if, if, if you couldn't sleep at night, what's something you'd be doing besides sleep? If I couldn't sleep at night, what's something I would uh, anime for sure? Without saying any names, is there someone that you die for? Yes. Have you ever broken a bone? I have not. Do you drink soda? I do not. I drink kombucha. You already know. What's your opinion on the state of the world? Chaotic, but uh, it will change soon. If you had infinite money, what would be the first thing you do? Hmm. I'm feeding, I'm feeding uh, homeless children, children and women and children. Hypothetically speaking, this is the very last question. Hypothetically speaking, if you could ask God any question, what would you ask? What is it for? What is this? What is life for? Man, bro. You know what I'd ask? I'd ask, uh, from, from, from God's perspective, what is this? Like, what what is earth from their perspective like is this a good place is this a bad place mm. that's something i'd ask that is hella valid but thank you everybody who's still listening to this podcast man this is gonna be a long one you feel me mc family we in this bitch you feel what i'm saying this shit is how what time is it for, for you bro Twelve thirty, right it is twelve thirty. young mc has school tomorrow i'm gonna be sleepy but it's, it was worth it, nigga. We viral. Shout out to, bro. Shout out to Obscure Image Podcast. Bro, these niggas are, bro. It's going to be a movement, bro. I ain't never had a, I ain't never seen an interview where niggas ask high elevation ass questions. So shout out to them, bro. Did you like the, uh, the 33 question shit? Did you like that? Yeah, that shit was gas, bro. You was throwing them at me. I was like, let's get it. I liked it. But, uh, yeah, I apologize to, uh, my boy MC's teachers, man, I apologize for this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we had to get this shit sturdy. We had to get this shit popping. For everybody listening, I'm going to leave all of MC's links linked down below. Um, before I get into that, is there anything that you want to say to the people listening? Any up and coming projects? Uh, you already know, bro. Safe Sex Complex featuring your stepdad dropping soon. Um, my last bit of shit to say, bro, is, bro, focus on the four key factors of life, bro. Human connections and bonds, love, creation, evolution. Remember, it's okay to not be okay, and that's it. Beautiful, man. Beautifully said. Uh, it is currently March the 2nd as I'm recording this. This is, may go up. Maybe, honestly, I don't know because my I still got to release you know, my 15th, 16th, and 17th, and 18th episode. Type shit. Um, so... This, this may be out. It's going to take a while for this one to get out. But I appreciate you guys for listening, man. Um, again, this is Obscure Image. Make love. I interview underground artists, YouTubers, inventors, gamers, and anything in between that. If you like this, be sure to follow me on all platforms so you can stay up to date. And yeah, it's been your boy Make Love and your boy MC. And we out. Peace.